everybody. Episode number 108, Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast. This week, super cool guest, OG YouTube content creator Mikey Balls. And we're talking all things spring bass fishing, some bass boat talk, a bunch of other stuff, answer a bunch of questions. If you guys want to join the actual live streams on Wednesday nights, hop on over to the YouTube channel. Otherwise, hey, we love you on the podcast MP3 as well. If you want to leave us a thumbs up and a review over here, that would be awesome. But otherwise, let's get to it and enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Hella Bass Live on a Wednesday night. We got quite the streak going. We've been hitting our Wednesdays with some consistency, which is awesome. Good to see a bunch of you in here already. Let's see White Whale, Scott, Kent, Ron, Dax, a whole bunch of familiar faces. White. Um... So we get we'll have a good guest. We had a, we did we started to do a little warm up before the show had a little technical difficulties but I have confidence our guest will figure this out he uh, he he know he's he's got some computer uh, savvy Tim Maynard what's going on bright and early showing up Jack Roar what's up yeah so we're gonna be talking to our guests about spring fishing here and uh, speak of it must have heard his ears ringing let's add him to the show here. What's up, Mike? Oh, just living the dream, trying to stay warm here in Minnesota. How cold is it up there? Um what today was like a oh, high of 43, maybe. Well uh, is that is that kind of cold seasonally or is that standard? It's 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 the winter just won't let go. Like it's yeah, we have the same problem down here. Uh up in, so if you go like three hours north of me, they still have almost two feet of ice. Really? Yeah, like bad deal. Like up in northern Minnesota, it's going to be touch and go whether the lakes will be open for like the Wally opener on Mother's Day weekend. Really? Yeah. You know, it's funny because everything's kind of behind, at least like down here. We're like, I'm in Alabama right now. We're like two weeks behind. I was in Florida like this A little bit of lag on Mikey's end. We'll see if it gives uh, comes around here. We're going to talk about that wind tonight, Matt, for sure. Wind is a problem. I'm actually just going to bop Mikey down to the studio there. Oh, there he is. Maybe to come back. Does that work? All right. I know you froze yeah. up for a second. <laughs> it, that's weird because I'm on Google Fiber, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I was just saying everything's been behind, man. So it's understandable. What's weird is our, our fish still spawn like pretty quick. Like they kind of like popped, at least down here in Alabama, they popped and they, they got done and got out, dude. 
Yeah, we just uh, I had my first tournament of the year last weekend on the river, which there's only a few places we can fish because we have seasons up here. Right. But Mississippi's open and uh 45 to 46 degree water main river is all we had and like I think ice just came off the river like 3 weeks ago. So it's it's been slow. Last year, same weekend, it was mid 50s. <laughs> so um, and that makes that much of a difference up there. I'm sure it's it's very marginal like small differences in temperatures really change and I, things. And I think it, we had 46 degree water temp surface, but I think, you know, like in the river channel, it was probably frozen, like 40, dude. right? Like there was fish that were just, they hadn't even like tried to get even, so even though a few backwaters and shallow stuff was starting to get close to 50, <clears throat> I think the, the fish that were in their wintering holes were still sitting down there in 40 degree water, <clears throat> you know, not not knowing that they should be getting going because yeah, you know not I mean? much has changed yeah right and then when you guys got wind because like wind like i don't know if it's been below 20 mile winds in a month up here <laughs> like, it has blown pretty hard it actually laid down this past week but it has been blowing dude i was on lanier like it was two and a half three weeks ago and it was ripping dude like ripping and lanier's got all these little like pockets and channels and you literally could not hide from it dude whatsoever Catching them on a buzz bait in 49 degree water, that's kind of badass, dude. He's in Nebraska, so he's like Kansas. So he said last week was 49, now this week, buzz bait. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, there were a lot of people fishing Lake Pepin, which is part of the river. And speaking of the wind, like we could not, like it just would find you. Like you could not get out of it. Like it was a I southwest wind, that, and you'd get in the southwest corner of the lake, and it would be coming out of the north somehow. It's like it was. It just, does that swirly bird crap, dude. Like it's horrible. Well, if you had fifty-three degree water, it was only on the very surface, Brian, because <laughs> it wasn't anywhere near <laughs> that warm. Because if it was really fifty-three, you would have caught some fish there, Brian. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so that was my uh, Friday. Was my first. I got my this weekend's the first day I got out. <clears throat> so and had a tournament on Sunday. Do you do any ice fishing? I, I try not to. I try not, to. <laughs> not, not since college. <laughs> I used to ice fish a bit when I lived out there, but that was more of like a an excuse to drink beer and freaking stay out on the ice all night and like stare at the moon and catch for crappie. Are you originally from like Wisconsin or? Yeah, that, I'm originally. Yeah. From- from Where in Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Uh, Southern Wisconsin, just north of Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Did you fish Winnicani, Winnebago? I was actually out there like twice, I think, in my entire life. I, I nearly knocked off. My dad freaking bought me a boat when I was a kid, like in high school, and I tried to do some guiding in that. And it was a little like 15 and a half foot winter. And I thought I was some fancy stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. And that thing could go like freaking 40, 50 miles an hour. It was pretty quick back in the day. But um, I, I almost knocked a lower unit off of it on Winnicott. You know how the rocks come up in between there and, like, Butamore and all yep. that? And yeah, dude. I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was a stupid kid. and I, I almost knocked the whole shebang off that thing, which would have been bad. Yeah. Actually, it's, it, it's one of the most unique fisheries we have up here. It's a really cool tournament venue. You know, when you take <clears throat> Bago, Winnicott, Butamore, those lakes, then you got the wolf and the fox. It's actually a really – it's oh, a really yeah. tournament, but it's and challenging. It's big, big water too. Yeah, but you can do so many things, and there's yeah. it's really interesting fishery. 
Yeah, you know, I do remember that. Like, I didn't fish out there much, but there's there's a lot of hardcover. And then in some portions of the lake, or it was in some of the lakes, there's a lot of vegetation. There's a lot of pads in that. And really, you can go from one to the other very quickly. It's kind of – and it's broad. And it's shallow. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the lakes up there, are like, they fish pretty deep. You, you, know, you fish your grass lines, your weed lines, or whatever you want to call them. And usually that's 8 to 12, 8 to 15, you know. Up there, it's a lot of 5 to 6 foot, you know, and a lot of sure. flats, dude. Yeah. Well, glad you could make it, Jesse. Awesome. You well, know where I, I live up there? I went up to visit my little brother up there. He lives in Madison, still mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin. And I went and fished Green Lake up there. Yeah. Uh, that was badass dude i haven't been there since i was a kid and i think i went there once when i was a kid but that place it it was so cool it reminded me a little bit of smith lake down here in alabama where i'm at but like chalk full of smallmouth there's some grass and the smallmouth relate to the grass which was fun but that place is cool dude and there's some bigs i saw some smallies i could not catch just swimming around in front of me before i had active target in that i don't know i gotta go back up there because that was freaking cool yeah, that's a it's that lake has them. I've seen the tournament results. I have not fished it, but uh there's bigs for an inland lake, you know, without going into like, you know, Green Bay and fishing the Great Lakes and that, like that's your best shot at catching like a five to six pound smallmouth, I would say, unless you go way up north, I guess. Yeah, should I tell you what the temperature was here today? It was like it was like seventy four degrees. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a good. <laughs> this, this I remember this like <clears throat> growing up in Minnesota in Wisconsin. Like when we talked about vegetation, we'd say cabbage, we'd say coontail, we would yeah. say milfoil. You go down south, it's just grass, grass, boy, just grass. grass. I was just fishing the grass. I just, yeah. I just got up in that grass and they yeah. Don't... Well, and it's funny too because I can always tell when I lived in Florida down in South Florida, a lot of guys will come down there for uh, to become snowbirds and that kind of deal, you know. And it was funny because I'd be at the lake and there's, there's a lot of diversity of people like accents and stuff. So you can kind of tell where people are from, but there's also sort of this melded kind of universal accent. So sometimes you can't pick up on it, but I'd be like shooting the breeze with some dude at the ramp and he'd go, yeah, I caught him on the, on the weed lines over there. You know, like, <laughs> I know where you're from, bro. <laughs> you're throwing a jig worm, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> Speaking of that, so you're in Minnesota. Yeah. I fished in Minnesota. I think, once we went up there for summer vacation once my little brother at a hockey uh what do you call it? hockey camp he went to and sure. we fished a place are you familiar i think it's called detroit lakes mm-hmm. dude that place was awesome we were up there in july dude i could see like fours and fives swimming the water was gin clear and there'd be like reed heads and stuff you could see them swimming back and forth and it, since it was july like it stays light up there to like 9 30 at night yeah. dude it's crazy yeah and you, you probably weren't i don't know i've not heard about like detroit lake itself being good but all the little lakes around it are really yeah good. that's where we were on like yeah. a chain or something yeah and, like we stayed in some cat it was beautiful though dude and there were banks like and it's cool because it to an extent like i think minnesota's kind of like wisconsin like a lot of guys just like scoff their head at bass fishing you know they go out they fish for walleye they fish for muskie but especially when you get further north like the the bass are kind of untouched dude so they're they're fun to catch man yeah that's there's so much i mean you'll you'll spoil yourself like that's the biggest adjustment 
when you go when you come from Minnesota, Wisconsin, so when you go to, like you go down fishing open or team championship yeah. or something like that, it's like prepare yourself that like eight bites is a good day when you go down south, yeah. you know, outside of a few times of the year when it can be really good and certain, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like when Kentucky with ledges and stuff when they're good and you know you can blast them right, but the majority of the year, handful of bites is what you're yeah. fishing for. And up here, like if you're not culling all day. You're gonna get your teeth kicked in most of the time. Exactly. You know I mean? like, <clears throat> they're more aggressive, but I mean, I guess that's the price you pay for, uh, or not the price. It's it's karma coming back because the trade off for not fishing for <laughs> six months and <laughs> ice. Yeah, exactly. Except when I lived up there, I was such a fiend, dude. Like I could ice fish a couple times, and then it got old, dude. Like it was just like, dude, there's a hole. I'm dipping something into it, whatever, you know. But we used to go, there was a power plant lake out in central Wisconsin. I have no idea what it was called, but they would generate the 55 degrees. And there were hybrids, there were smallmouth, there were some largemouth in there. And we'd drive five hours to go bank fish this power like power plant or whatever. And, and it would be like 30, 15 degrees outside. Our, our, I gotta watch my mouth. Our stuff's all freezing, you know what I mean? And dude, like well, the water's open and the bass are biting. Because it was all like 55, like year round kind of deal. But that was the only reprieve we would get from winter. Yeah. We we had a, I can talk about it now, but so up in Grand Rapids, which is about three hours north of me, there was a, a power plant that ran pretty warm into the river, Mississippi River, which went into Pokegama. And we could go up there and throw swim baits in the dead of winter. Yeah. And catch bigs from the bank. That's cool. Just an amazing bite, like huds. And you know mm-hmm. that type of stuff, and just, just, and then if you weren't catching a four to six pound bass, you were catching twenty to thirty inch pike. That's fun, dude. Until the pike eats your Huddleston, and then you're pissed. Yeah, that's that's one thing I don't miss from up there, dude. Is like the twenty dollar crankbait going goodbye, dude. Just and then your lines just cut. You're like, yeah, I know exactly what happened right there. This this sums it up perfect right here. Ice fishing, been there, done that. I got the t-shirt. I'm yeah, there. right. <laughs> And I did I'm it in college. Back in the day, it was fun. My, one of, I, I didn't have a bunch of electronics, you know, back then. But I had a neighbor who was the coolest dude, and he taught me how to fish a Vexlar for a crappie in the middle of the night, and how to like watch him come up. And that was fun, dude. That was kind of entertaining because you'd actually like vertical fish him, you know, like suspended in that, and they'd come in for like two hours at like one in the morning. You catch the piss out of them, and then you were done. But that was kind of cool. But yeah, on the Iowa Minnesota border, took twenty pounds to win Okaboji. My tournament, great name for a lake. I thought he misspelled Okeechobee for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> My tournament only took fifteen pounds to win. <clears throat> it was it was stingy. The river was. I think we caught eight eight keepers and two shorts all day. Is that a mixed bag or all largemouth? We had all smallies. <clears throat> uh, the winners had all largemouth. We had all smallies. We had fourteen pounds. Um, so, but. I, don't know. That's we, fun, we, I think whenever you're catching like say like 12 to 16 pounds or so 13 to 16 like that's a fun day dude like yeah. anywhere if we it would have been a lot more fun if we caught 20 to get there instead of just well like, yeah you know what i mean exactly. like <laughs> but but that's why you know you keep going back dude yeah but I we caught like 20 today too but we caught two four pound smallmouth like a three pound smallmouth and then rats dude and it was growing yeah we 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 pulled up to our first spot well, hopefully I have the tournament video up this weekend, but like caught a limit, called two times, 
didn't catch anything for six and a half hours, called once at the end of the day. Ouch. Ouch. It, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a grind down here because so we're postponed for the most part. You know, you get some random like May 15th is a full moon. We'll probably get like a little wave of fish coming up, but the main wave is done. But everything's postponed. And if you're not out there at the crack ass of dawn, dude, like you, you miss the shad spawn. Yeah. And that's the big game right now. And for like the next week, week and a half, you got to play the shad spawn because everything after that is a bonus, dude. It, it's a grind. Yeah, because then fish gorge themselves, right? For like, yeah, they go crazy and they're set up for it. They know it's going on. You know, it's I don't know. It's it's so weird how they they know it. Like they they're so keen into it. But the trick is, in about a week, we're gonna have some stable weather. Water's gonna clear out, and all of a sudden, like that, before you even expect it, there's gonna be fish offshore. Like you think they're still shallow, you think they're still up, and then all of a sudden, you go scan something in fifteen to twenty feet, and they're lined up on the bottom. And it's the best time because it's before everybody gets out there, before they get all beat up, and you can kind of get those virgin fish that are that are really chomping. Yeah, that's one thing I've never <clears> – <throat> I've seen – when I was on Gunnersville, I saw a little bit of, like, shad activity, like they were – but there wasn't a bite there. So I've never gotten I – don't, I don't fish down south a ton. And mm. Obviously, it's only a limited time, but I've never been on the shad spawn. And it's weird. The Mississippi River has shad redfin shad yeah and i talk to my buddies that live in the cross mm-hmm. fish it every day you know like and they've never seen a shad spawn on the river how does that water hit like 65 70 degrees at some point during the year oh yeah i mean mississippi river gets up to 80 degrees like i wonder if it's a delayed deal or something like it because usually it's like 65 to 71, 72, something like that. And then it plays with the full moon a bit. But I, I don't know. Unless I, like, they just do it in a really weird area or that they can get so far back. That that actually could be. As long as it's a hard spot, they can do it dirt shallow, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I've asked them and they're like, it's weird. Like, I don't know. It's like they must do it in some really weird area or they do it subsurface or they you know maybe they but it's not like you see on tv where it's yeah it's not too broad you know i've seen them do it subsurface to be honest with you that's what was happening where did i go wilson um there weren't like they were below and it was crazy because the the shadow actually followed my chatterbait back and then there'd be a bass with it but it was all i could see it happening on my active target because there were balls of, of bait you know like doing it right below the surface two three foot below but just not up on top getting crushed in that but i could see him chasing back and forth yeah i have fished lake of the woods for walleyes i've never fished it for bass um there are certain parts of it that have good bass fishing but they're not anywhere near where i fish for walleyes um so yeah so, so critic says was my tournament like Angler or co-angler? He is a also an angler, so my buddy Bankston, Brian Bankston, uh, because I don't have a boat right now. <laughs> I had to get a buddy that had a boat to go fishing because I'm still waiting on mine. Um, so he's he's a guy that fishes as a boater as well. So we were we were kind of his boat. We were kind of co-boating. Uh, and co-boating. That's it was a setup. Like it was it was funny. We uh, every it was so windy, like it was blowing sustained twenty gusts, thirty to forty, Jeez. just forty degrees outside, like brutal and every keeper we weighed was caught off the back deck 
like the guy that was in the back concentrating on the fishing and not fighting the boat was the guy that was catching all the fish. So we were taking turns. Like were you guys spot locked or were you guys running a bank? A little of both. It was most I think most of the fish came with it spot lock on. Yeah. That's almost the only way to fish. It's funny you say that because I was talking about Lanier before. And when we were over there, it was only like three days, but it blew 20 to 30, like you said, with like crazy gusts. It wasn't quite as cold, but we were trying to fish these main lake humps and really to cast into the wind and try to run your active target on it, it was impossible. So you literally had to set up so you were back casting off the back of the deck and we just set up on the back and both of us go stand back there so you could cast. We're throwing wacky rigs in 30 foot, dude. So you had to look like a little 16 pounds deal, like a Nico rig. And in order to like actually get it down to the brush and get it down to that, like you had to make this bomb ass cast, dude. And you couldn't do that into the wind, you know? So we'd just sit in the back and like no electronics, basically fishing blind, dude. Yeah. For us, it was all about jerk baits. That's where I watered them. It was, uh, it was, uh, and I had to throw the, what ended up being, we got every single fish on a, uh, Jackal rearranged 110 medium. Water. How does that thing yeah. cast? How's that? How does that thing cast? That thing, I was just going to bring that up. This thing casts amazing. Yeah. Like, there was another boat throwing mega bass trick baits <laughs> on the same spot. And my partner yeah. started the day with a mega bass. Yeah. And this thing with the weight transfer in it yeah. just would cut through that wind. Exactly. And I was making the cast and getting it down. And then, so I had two of them tied on, and then he ended up switching to it, and he caught the big one on it late. Um, but I and I don't really like jerk baits; it's not my favorite way to fish. But this was the deal: like there was four people throwing jerk baits at the beginning of the morning, and I was the only one catching them because <laughs> the only one that could like get it to where the fish were. So well, that's kind of the crap part about that mega bass, dude. It gets bites and it does outfish most jerk baits, but casting it into the wind, dude, is practically impossible. Like the thing just doesn't throw very well at all. Yeah, and the nice thing about the rearrange, it's a good jerk bait, gets bit, casts really well. But the best part, in my opinion, is that it's only fifteen dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't right. cost twenty four dollars. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> the the bad part is that they're typically out of stock. Yeah, like. Have you ever really done that, if you're looking um, for a hot, a good jerk bait that doesn't cost twenty five dollars, this is worth checking out. Have you ever thrown that nashine? Uh, 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 the nashine? Yeah, no, I haven't. No, nope. you need to check that out, dude. It, it runs a little bit bigger. I think it's like a one fifteen. Yep. Um, but it's got this crazy little weight dangle off the yep. front hook that you can cut down, and that joker you can slang that thing. And I, at least down, I fished it in Florida a bunch and then around here on, on Smith. And sometimes you can get it to kind of just slow sink, you know, like ever so slowly, dude. And they get stupid with it. Like it's probably when the water is maybe a hair warmer, like low 50s, you know. But there's something about that that just very just inch by inch sink, dude. And they crush it. And it's a little bit bigger, too. I think um, at least like our spots in smallmouth. I find, you know how they kind of like a bigger profile thing and they swat at it? Yeah. Um, it, it seemed to get some some pretty good bites from from the smallmouth and the spots, like swatting bites kind of thing, just something different. And they're good-looking baits, too. Like they, they are. 
and they twitch well, dude. For my buddy Jacob Wall, he fishes uh, BMLF, and he, he's down here. He lives in Gunnersville now. Um, he actually put me on to it. I didn't figure it out. I was throwing a freaking 110 mega bass, and his ass was schooling me. And I'm like, dude, like we're kind of doing the same thing here. Tell me, tell me a little more. And he kind of showed me the bait and how he's fishing it and that. And it was surprising too, because when he actually showed it to me the first time, we were in like gin clear water, dude. Like easy, well, gin clear for us, like five to ten foot visibility, very like clean, cold, and uh, that that bigger profile was killing it, dude. I think. I don't know, maybe just something different. Gunner's over now for that. For that, the something different. It'll last for like a year, maybe six months, and it, then it's over. Like they've seen it, everybody throws it, and it's done. Time to find a new toy. Yeah, and it says it weighs three quarter ounce and goes to six feet, so it's something you can cast for sure. Yeah, you can slang it. And the other the thing I played with it, it doesn't run like you know, like a plus one. I think that your jack will look like it was more of like a plus one, like a six to eight yep. or something yep. or a five to eight. So with that machine, with that little weight transfer, I can sink it down a little bit more. So I'll fish it that deep, but I have to, you know, slang it, let it give it a two like a two thousand count or something like that, and then work it back and it and it runs those depths. But it does run a bit shallower than like a one ten plus one. I throw my jerk baits on casting rods. Yeah, I use, a, I use a 704 CB yeah. uh, Dobbins rod. Like I, for me, I know some people it works, but like it wears my arm. I mean, it's already like wears my arm enough throwing it on a bait caster on a spinning rod. The mechanics of it just yeah. Like, I'm like ten casts. I'm like, I can't do it. <clears throat> I've had issues too. Like I'll throw the little tiny ones. Like I think they're like the little three inch mega bass, you know, on, on a on a spinning rod. But mm-hmm. sometimes, dude, when you when you're doing that that snapping, you get that slack in your in your spinning rod, and it'll wrap your uh, your bail every once in a while, dude. Perfect. And you'll go to reel, and that joker will lock up, and it's it's kind of and it's usually at the like the worst time, you know, like right when your your rod's loading up. Yeah, the two colors. Uh, Rigo was the secret shad two, which is kind of like a table rock shad. No, actually, that's the wrong one. Sorry, that's the burgundy. No, this one. This this table rock shad, but what they call it, secret shad two. A little bit of stain on the Mississippi River, so you got purple and chartreuse. And then the one that the big one ate was this uh, Hu Hasu. Wow, <laughs> Similar to the Mega Bass Wakasaki, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, just not the green back. I guess it's more of a blue back. Yeah. So nothing crazy. Pretty standard colors. What's the watercolor like on the on the Mississippi? Mm-hmm. I think most of where we were, you probably couldn't see more than a foot to foot and a half. Really, and you're still catching on a jerk bait like that. Yeah. It, it, is, you know, is it, it probably was a little it? cleaner, but with all the wind, I think there was just so much. Sediment coming up and all that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I it was the Dobbins 704 CB uh crankbait rod, the graphite version, not the glass version. And then I got an older 50E. You naughty dog. Those jerk baits pretty well. Yeah, best reels ever made, dude. Here's the funny part. Laziness. I had 15 pound big game from when I fished a tournament on in Louisiana last November, and I was too mm-hmm. lazy to turn it up. So I was throwing it on 15 pound big game instead of like 12 pound flora, which is what I normally would do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
That was a look at that guy. He's got a sharp eye. I have not tried the world minnow yet. Have you tried the world minnow? No, I've actually heard of it though. I heard somebody talking about it. It's that 115, so that's becoming kind of a thing, too. They're making yeah. some like bigger profile ones. I tried that Berkeley. Is it the stun stunner? Stun? I haven't thrown yeah. it yet. No, nope. that one's pretty solid. I mean, it, it fishes a lot like a mega bass, like it's kind sure. of like a cheap mega bass, but I like the price point on it and the, the finishes are good. I just, I've got plenty of jerk baits and I don't throw them that much in the window. I don't know. Like, I know people throw jerk baits year round, especially down south, but most of our lakes don't have a ton of shad in them. And mm-hmm. I know I can catch bass on jerk baits year round, but I just, it falls off for me and it's not something I really want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't throw it a lot <clears throat> in the summer. Cool. So I saw a comment earlier that somebody I wanted to circle back at here. Taylor says, you're both rocking new boats. Well, I'm actually not rocking a new boat yet. <laughs> your boat? I have one. It should be here in like two or three weeks. What would um, you get? We haven't talked about that yet. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the members know. I did it in a member, the member stream. I, re- I shared that, but not not on the, the, the main channel yet. Well, let me ask you this. Are you excited about it? I am excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, first new boat or have you ever had a new it was boat? actually my first brand new boat yeah really so you're in the same boat that i am or in the same not i'm not saying it's the right. same boat, but you're in the same situation i'm in right. too which you unveiled had. yours what two three weeks ago on your channel yeah i revealed it like two three weeks ago i got a nitro z20 uh 250 mark on the back oh i'm super stoked about it mm-hmm. like it's so, and I'm going to shoot a final walkthrough video probably in a couple of weeks, but I always have to frame up my excitement because like, this is fancy to me, you know, <laughs> like I've been fishing, I fished out of a tin boat. I fished out of a rental John boat. Right. Um, I had a 2006 Triton. I had the Triton that I won the 2017 TRX 189. Um, so I've had a lot of different kinds and styles of boats, mm-hmm. um, but I never had like a new fancy like fresh never the first scratch in it like yeah dude so to me it's it's mind-blowing but like honest kind of read on it i really like the way it's laid out i know a lot of people kind of talk some smack about the nitros but at least in my opinion it's very intuitively organized which is Mm -hmm. really important to me because i have a lot of tackle that i lug around and especially it's maybe not even the boat but you know the new four strokes they don't take any oil so your motor well's got a lot more space in it, dude. So I actually put five batteries back there because we're running all these electronics. And mm-hmm. frankly, there's not the juice to run all this jazz. So I put a fifth battery back there, another lithium to run my my graphs and that. Um, but it's it's pretty badass, dude. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I got three HDS 12s on the front. I got double graphs set up at the, the bow, two more 12s. Um, I love the casting deck space. I was out with my buddy who's been out on the Triton a whole bunch. And instead of us being like, you know, hey, bro, you know, you want to touch my bottom kind of thing, all snuggled up together. Like we have space to kind of move around and work. I'm not stepping on the dog all the time, which is awesome. So, and it's fast, dude. I joker, I, the fastest I went was today and I hit 72. And I frankly think I'm not a speed guy, but I kind of want to know what you can do. Um, I think I can knock another two or three miles an hour, and that's fully loaded with full tank of gas, like 27 freaking rods in my rod locker and the whole deal. So I'm pretty happy with it, dude. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, 
yeah I, I feel like it's a progression right because like you're gonna do like you did your first like where you kind of did your search right yeah <laughs> and then you kind of like i forgot it like this is my first like like christmas yeah. morning like excitement right and then it's like yeah. i'm gonna fish out of it for three weeks or a month and then tell you what i really think about exactly. it. exactly and dude there's a lot of this is like first world problems but there's a lot of tweaking like you, you get any used boat and like granted it might not be tweaked the way you want it but like somebody fished in it it got used it got kind of broken in and like sort of a fishing style to it when you get a new boat like this especially if it's a brand or a boat style that you never used like there's all this tweaking stuff like i'm super ocd anal about how i want stuff organized where i think it should be where like i don't know just like little stupid stuff and the electronics for as much as like they're a lot easier to use than they used to be they're always a headache dude like getting everything you know networked out right and i want to get to a point where it's like i know exactly what's in this boat how it's laid out how it feels how it rides, what happens when I hit two foot waves, how I feel up in the front, you know, I want to kind of bring a, an honest perspective to it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a coming from a 2005 Bass Cat Pantera. So that's a good boat. Dude. Yeah, great boat. But like for that time period, right? Like it's pretty narrow. For, I mean, like the decks are narrower, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're in the perch yeah. of the bow. So like in a Bass yeah. Cat anyways, like you're like, yeah, you're standing out a circle like this big when your foot's on yeah. the tow motor and your rods are like right here. It's like it's it's cozy. Yeah, um, I mean, t- don't me wrong, caught a lot of fish, had a lot of success out of it. And then like this weekend, we fished out a banger's boat, and that was a 21 PHX, which is it's a nice boat. <laughs> is that the is that the one with the higher gunnels on it? It's the, it's the, the bigger, bigger water, yeah. Yeah, bigger water. That's what my buddy. Do you do you know Rob Matsura by chance? He's one of the camera guys from Yeah, I mean, I know of him. I don't know him. He, but... well, he's literally crashing in the other room of my house because they just filmed the the Pickwick tournament. He has that PHX, the, sure. the, the twenty eight, the twenty one. I did a walk through to his dude, and that's a sweet rig. The storage on that thing is stupid, dude. Like you can put a freaking household of stuff in there, man. It was massive. It was nice having it in my garage for a few days, getting ready for the tournament. So you should just drove away. You should have come down south. You've been like, hey, bro, I'd take a trip. You had to roll out. So, yeah. Cool. Michael says he misses your tin boat. I miss my tin boat, too. I love that thing. I had that Tracker 175. And, dude, I put that thing on my Okeechobee in places it did not belong and caught a lot of big fish on it. Not going to lie, man. Like, if you're on a budget and you, you need a boat, like, a tin boat's a great way to go. Like the entry level, I mean, the trackers aren't the, the highest quality, but they're solid boats and it's mm-hmm. super easy to mod a tin boat, you know, and it's a great entry level, especially if you're fishing like medium to small water. I mean, you really don't need, and you're not traveling a bunch and all that. You really don't need all that boat, dude. If you can do 35, 45 mile an hour and you can put, you got a place for your rods, you can deck it out with electronics. I mean, you don't need that much. I used to have a 24 volt trolling motor in that seven, in that 175, which was what, 17 and a half. And like, dude, I could go through high drilling mats. Like, I could get through all the grass, get super like draft really shallow. It's a good boat, dude. Yeah. I had an 80 pound on my, my cat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, like, especially if you live up Minnesota, Wisconsin, 99% of the lakes, you know, uh, an 18 to 19 foot Dexas or tracker yep. or yep. whatever, whatever. Crestliner yeah. or whatever. It's perfect. Like you're going to, all you need. 
as long as you're not on leech when it's blowing 30. <laughs> well, and you know what, guys, forget it too. I'm a big fan of fishing smaller legs, like not, yeah. maybe not smaller, but like you're you're off the, the road lakes. Maybe you're non-tournament lakes, you're less frequented lakes. And a lot of times they got crap boat ramps, dude. So like if you don't have four-wheel drive, or even if you do, you can get in some places where guys really kind of shade away from putting in a 20 and 21 foot boat, dude. And even with docks and stuff, I know in Wisconsin, we fished a lot of docks. There's a lot of little creepy sneak arounds that I could get into with like a little tin boat versus some big old glass boat trying to wedge around getting the back end of the dock and all that. I look forward to getting stuck trying to do that on the new boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm sure I'll still drive it like it's the, a 19-footer. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to overboost the Nitro, but, like, one thing I do like about the Nitro is I was super – so my 189 was 18-foot-6, I think, or 150. It had a wide beam, 94-inch beam, so it was more like your, your 20 or your 19-foot style boat beam. But I was concerned with the – sort of the, the, the responsiveness, you know, cause I'm used to this smaller boat. I've been in more of a smaller boat. So like trailering and then maybe getting around docks or even like turning and stuff. So that nitro comes in at 20 foot two, it trailers super easy. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because it, it, it really is responsive. Like I would always, I don't know about you, but a lot of times these smaller boat ramps are put in, I'll have to like drive the boat and make a 45 to get on the trailer. And I really thought I'd be missing that turn a lot with that 20 foot boat. And the thing is super responsive. Like it cuts really well, like idling and all that. Don't just, I don't know, just plosh around, I guess you could say. So I've been really happy about that. I think anything bigger, at least for me, than, than 20, maybe 20 foot one or 20 foot two, it would be too much. I think ideally a 19 foot boat is like the perfect boat. Personally, if you fish alone, mostly like that's you get speed, you get range, but at the same time, your, your gas mileage and your, your travel mileage, your highway mileage is pretty solid. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the like 19, six to 20, exactly. five or whatever. That's yeah. Like, <clears throat> um, let's see here. My Austin wants to know what's your experience on the Kusa? <clears throat> you fish the Kusa uh, River at all? Big zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been down there. My buddy was busting my balls about that today. He's like, You gone to the Kusa yet? I'm like, No, dude. I've barely fished around where I live. I can't like I'm always on the road freaking working and doing stuff. But I need to get down there. All all these guys talk about around here is like that Kusa River spot, like the the hardest fighting, best fighting fish that, that you can find from a spot of that standpoint. Yeah, actually, <clears throat> I spent four or five hours on Logan Martin one time. <clears throat> I uh, I was fishing a, a regional tournament on uh, Gunnersville. Didn't make the cut, but my roommate did. So I had like a morning, like to do nothing, you know, mm-hmm. to watch him do uh, the weigh-in. And uh, me and another buddy, Steve, we went down there and uh, just on a whim, drove down there, you know, caught some fish on shaky heads. And, you know, just it was it was like probably like two weeks ago this time, like right. six years ago, mid, early to middle uh, April. And then we just got on a jerk bait bite, just running like clay gravel points. And yeah. it was fun. I mean, like you just be like, and like, it would be like, you jerk. And all of a sudden your rod whack the other way. I mean, they would just <laughs> hammer that. And like, yeah. like if the fish up north ate jerk baits like this, I'd be a bigger fan of fishing jerk baits. Like <clears throat> they was savage. Oh my God. I, I like that. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I need to stay diverse for the channel, you know, but I'm very, uh, 
what would you call it? I get, I get into like these like extremist kind of modes. And one of the modes that, that I've sort of stumbled into up here is chasing spots. They, they're so much fun because they're aggressive, but they also set up in a way that I love to fish. I love fishing for suspended fish um, and, and structure oriented fish and them spots, dude, they do some fun stuff and you can fish such a cool range of baits for them from finesse to sort of maybe ledge oriented, but finesse style baits, like little hair jigs. Um, and then you can go up to like your bigger swim baits, you know, your glides and that, but there's such a, a cool species to sort of target and track down. Like I've really, I've really fallen in love with Lanier. I go there every year and granted Lanier is probably one of the best spotted bass fisheries in the United States, much less the Southeast. Um, but they just set up in a way on the near between the brush, the blow throughs and things like that in ways that I love to catch them, dude. And there's so much fun to walk on um, like forward facing sonar, like active target. It's the perfect tool for spotted bass. Cause they're always, you know, just above the bottom. And it, I don't know. It's, I, I love me some spots. I could shoot a lot of spotted bass videos, but I think people might get bored. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, they're cool. But at some point, like if you live in certain parts of the country where they don't exist, you start to not, late exactly yeah you disconnect and then that's one thing i don't want to happen because you gotta you gotta try to engage with people and and it keeps you dimensional too because i wouldn't be able to catch spots if i hadn't done a lot of the offshore fishing i did in florida for largemouth you know i wouldn't know some of these little things that i know so it all sort of complements you know the each species techniques and that you know to be well-rounded and it's just fun dude if we love catching bass we love catching all kinds of bass it doesn't matter what kind yeah absolutely I should remember to thank Arsenal Fishing for supporting the channel and the stream. Got to make sure we get that out of the way. Uh, it's good to have those guys. Are super cool. The the Omnia guys. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Arsenal. I see both, your Omnia both of them. No, yeah, both of them. I actually talked to the Omnia guys uh, for some gambler stuff. Like, God, it was like a year sure. or two ago. They are a cool group of dudes, man. Super yeah. chill. Super chill, but they have Minnesota accents, so they're fun to talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah mo- a lot of people that watch this channel uh, get a lot of their tackle from Omnia, that's for sure. Well, they got that cool platform, right, where right. like there's different like facts about the lakes, different mm-hmm. reports, different baits that are, that work in certain areas. It's, it's good information, especially for somebody like trying a new lake or maybe fishing. What really is important for fishing in a region you're not used to fishing. Yep. I found that a lot when I got to Alabama. Like I had this whole arsenal of baits for fishing Florida, offshore, fishing grass and that. And I get to Alabama and I'm like, whoa, dude, I got to go shopping. But I don't know what the hell to buy, you know. So when you can kind of get that that starting point of these are kind of like the baseline lures. These are the depths and sort of the, the water columns you're going to need to fish depending on the technique. And you kind of get that starting point. It really helps you to sort of buy tackle smartly i don't know if there's such a thing as buying tackle smartly because you end up always buying way too much <laughs> but it, it gives you a good jumping off point yeah and jabe good point the handwritten notes a nice touch <laughs> <laughs> until they start knowing personal facts about your life and including them in the notes because you order too many times <laughs> we're watching you through your window right now enjoy that jerk bit buddy uh Jay says, uh, what's the best bait all time in Florida and why is it a June bug fat ace? Oh, that's true. I think that's kind of true anywhere though. It might not be that color, right. but frankly, like a stick bait above 60 degrees in any place in the United States 
it, it might not be the game winner, but it's the bite getter, dude. Like you, you can't be in that. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. You can do a million freaking things with it. If there's one yeah. soft plastic that's so diverse, like you can wacky rig it, you can shaky head it, you can drag it on a freaking Carolina rig, you can cut it in half, put it on a Ned. Like there's 400 things you can do with it. Whereas like a ribbon tail, a swim bait, they're somewhat one dimensional. Like a swim bait, you can buzz on the top and you can fish on a lead head. But that that freaking stick bait, dude, is it's just you can have one bag and do a lot with it. So yeah, so probably a stick bait. The other one, it's just tough to beat that chatter bait down there. It runs so clean through the grass. You can mm-hmm. fish it in in a variety of water columns. Uh, you can put it on braid. You can put it on furrow. Like it's it's sort of like the the spinner bait of the the seventies and eighties in Florida. You know that used to be such a big bait, the spinner bait down there, until the chatter bait showed up. And you know the, the old timers still throw that spinner bait and actually still catches them a whole bunch. But that chatter bait is just it's a big bite getter and it's it's a four wheel drive deal. Like you can throw it in a lot of stuff you you didn't think you could throw it in, and it runs clean. Or you can freaking rip it off, you know, and clean it off. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that's uh hard to beat the chatterbait it's like is it gonna fade is it gonna i don't know like i feel like they're getting enough variations out there now that it's you know different it's, it's becoming more like the spinnerbait like there's getting more blade combinations more blade sizes more yeah. trailers more things you can do to keep it um uh, to keep it fresh and i'll know. tell you what i played i'm on a kick plan with like finessey stuff i like that i'm becoming kind of a noodle dick angler to an extent which is ironic because i also flip like an ounce and a half or throw like an eight inch freaking hollow body but um i tried out that um that new chatterbait mini um yeah. and, and that's a bad mama genre right there and I, I was actually using it to skip docks around here. And what's kind of cool with it is since it's a smaller blade and a smaller profile, the three ace runs like like what a half ounce would, like uh, like depth wise, you know. Yep. And I can skip the hell out of it, dude. Like a three ace in that mini, like it's a bullet, dude. You put like a little, uh, like I put a little Komodo on it or a little uh, gambler, like easy swimmer. I can put that joker in the back of a dock, dude. Easy, way way back. And it's got a little different vibration because it's got that smaller blade. Yeah, I rigged one up thinking in that cold water was going to be the deal. It, yeah. We never really got shallow enough for that. Right. But yeah, I, I rigged up a 3.8 Mini Max with this little three and a half inch exactly. tactical minnow. And it was, it was, there will be a time where I'm, it's going to be spicy in there. <laughs> and, and I think you can, uh, the smallmouth, like you want to talk about a smallmouth chatterbait? Yeah. That's it, dude. Yeah. And it's it doesn't thump, it vibrates, nope. right? Like it's more like a liplet. It feels like a it feels like a, like a yeah. quarter ounce trap. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was fishing it in hell, dude. It must have been fifty five degrees, which which I guess for up you guys uh, by you guys is a little bit warmer, but for us that's still like mm-hmm. trap winter pre spawn, you know, kind of fishing, dude. So it's subtle fishing, and they were chomping it, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Money Bass with the $2 donation. Thank you. That's awesome. Much appreciated. He wants to know when you're coming back to Lanier. Or maybe you were possible. just there. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs> um, I might try to get – I'm sure he knows Tim at Hammond's Fishing over there. I actually just got off the phone with him this afternoon, and uh, I'm hoping I'll get over there in a month or so. I really love fishing over there, but it is like about a four-hour drive, so i got to kind of play my schedule to get over there. And Chris Blank with the super sticker. Thank you, Chris. That's awesome. If you guys so are, do, I, do I get like fifty percent of this deal or something, or how, how does this work, dude? <laughs> For sure. 
in, 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 Mojo, mail, right, in right? Mojo. You get a custom visor at the end of the night. I get a custom visor. Very nice. If, for the people that are on YouTube, they can see the little like video game Nintendo controller jumping in the super sticker. It's <laughs> a one drawback of StreamYard that doesn't pull over some of the cool stuff. Um, and there was a uh, so yeah. What are some of your favorite uh, Chatterbait trailers? So I got he kind of wrote them all down. <laughs> so Easy Swimmer, um, either Easy Swimmer is a little paddle tail swim bait. Yep. So either that as it is, or actually, um, I think Tactical Bassin did it. And actually, I didn't even see them do it, but my buddy Jacob Wall showed me. But I think he might have saw it on Tactical Bassin, whatever. You cut the paddle off yeah. and just make it like a fin. Um, the Komodo is great. That Spunk Shad is naughty too. Like mm-hmm. they all kind of have their place. I'm originally a big fluke guy, and every once yeah. in a while, I'll go back to that. The only problem with that fluke is it, it since it doesn't have a, a fully uh, plastic body or like you know a contiguous body, um, it does slip down that that hook a bit, um, so it doesn't stay on there as well as you'd like. But if somebody made like a full body fluke with that nice little fork tail, that, that would be on my list because that's one of my favorites. It really makes that chatterbait hunt really well. Um, or some other ones. I I'll put like um like your like gambler stuff would be the what is it the the burner craw or like sure. a rage tail lobster yeah. you know i'll put those on if there's a lot of brim around and i'm trying to keep the bait high and maybe fish it a little bit slower but i'm not gonna lie especially living in alabama where it, really these fish are focused for the most part on shad um the, those more straight streamlined type baits seem to fish the bait a little faster there's a little less drag and they really provide that hunting motion that's more like that those darting shad so i've really kind of leaned more into that or into yeah. those i guess you'd say <clears throat> the other place i like a a cross style rigged horizontally is around wood right so it'll yeah deflect and keep your chatterbait from rolling yeah. and hooking the wood so it's really you know day in and day out it's a a really thin straight minnow like this yeah is my go-to and there are times that I will put a paddle tail or I'll put a slapping craw or something, but it's because I'm trying to get it to do something differently, you know, like ride up or deflect or, uh, you know, maybe sometimes I want a trailer with action because it'll actually kill the chatterbait action and tone it down in cold water or things like that. Right. So I think that's something that that a lot of people, because a lot of people are thinking more of like, like what trailer, I don't know how to frame it, but maybe they think more about like what, trailer do i want to complement the chatterbait but it's more of a question at least the way i look at it is do i want to take away from the action of the chatterbait or do i want to add to the action of the chatterbait because i think that's really what the trailers do like it it adds some bulk and some weight but really they affect how the chatterbait behaves whether you get that hunting or darting whether you get it to ride pretty even and low in the water column versus riding up uh, and i think those are really the ways you need to look at you want to be do you want it faster? Do you want it slower? Exactly. Right? Do you want more drag on it? You know, like that, those are kind of the things that I think. Do you want it to really hover cool. when it hits the water or get down and start? Yeah, yeah, exactly, like dude. Yeah. I, 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 the flush looks like it would be a good chatterbait trailer. I, I bought a pack. I haven't fished a lot, but that's their six cents fluke style bait. And it, it looks pretty like it would make a good one. You can't go wrong with a fluke. I'll be totally honest with you, dude. Like if I had to pick one chatterbait trailer, that's probably what it would be. Cause you can do a green one. You can do a white one. And it makes that chatterbait dance, dude. It really does. It'll be running straight for like three feet. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, right turn. And then it'll come back. You know, it's, it's very hunty. It's very erratic. 
AJ, you're going to get banned if you're talking bad about the menace. Don't do it. <laughs> Ban him. Ban him. <laughs> I like when it gets a little violent. Yeah. Dude. Good stuff. Uh, how about Mikey's recommendation on jerkbait or hydrella on the Harris chain? Would like something floating like a bomber that gets to three feet. I mean, your best bet is probably like a bomber. I I like I ran that machine in when I fished Toho um, mm-hmm. this past December. Uh, Hydro was a little bit deeper, uh, approximately four feet or so. Maybe a hair more in places, but um, I liked it because it would tick. It was a bigger profile, easier to cast, and I could get it into that hydro and actually rip it out. Uh, but the bomber is kind of your your only option for floating when it comes down to it. I played around with it. What's his name? Uh, who makes the the 110 mega bass yeah. mega bass makes a giant floating it's like a six and a half seven inch floating jerk bait looks exactly like a wild shiner dude i have tried to catch a bass on that thing many a time and it would be perfect in that situation i have not gotten a bite on it uh, so if you can use that and, and catch one on it please let me know because i think it would be perfect but it's just one of those things where the stars align but it doesn't get bit for me at least yeah Otherwise, doesn't Smithwick make a? They used to make a floating rogue. Aren't those all the same? Aren't Smithwick and Bonner, B- Bomber owned by the same people? Or no? I I don't know. Or you could throw in yeah. an original Rapla, right? Like that would be a. Them jokers are impossible to cast, though, dude. <laughs> like they are just like because that's part of the problem in Florida. You need to make that long cast and keep that bait up. That's mm-hmm. why you almost got to run that floating deal, you know? Like a wake bait might be something to look at too. Like you can get a wake bait that'll run like six inches below, and you can kind of maybe duck your rod tip down and tick the tips of that that hydrilla or something like that. Might be something like the other one is that um, what the hell's that thing called? Uh, Lucky Craft BDS. I think it's the two. Um, that that'll tick too. It's like a little fat wobbler. It runs like a foot and a half or so on like fifteen pound, seventeen pound floral. Yeah, Yuzuri jerk baits are bad. I've heard good things about Yuzuri uh, from a lot of people. I haven't thrown them, but it's on my list of things to try. Dude, they they fall right into your category because they're they're price point sensitive. They're they're really reasonable. It's a really well made jerk bait. They come with some thicker hooks on them, you know, instead of those little mega bass dinks. Um, and they get bit. You know how it is with some jerk baits. Some like just don't get bit. At least Mm -hmm. in my experience, like the Joker gets bit, dude. There's some good collar finishes on it too. Um, Critical Grave says, "What's your progression for fishing? Moon, weather, temp, water color? Like, what? What do you like when you first get somewhere? Like, what's your what's your process for breaking things down?" So, I, I'll be totally honest with you. My progression is: is can I get all my work done and go fishing, and then I kind of address those things. So, it's more of a: do I have the opportunity to fish? If so, like, is it halfway? Like, not going to thunderstorm and destroy me out there. Uh, but other than that, though, so I'm in Alabama. I fish a lot of TVA or impoundments. So mm-hmm. one of the first things that I'll refer to is um, water levels um, as well as current flow. Um, th- those are big factors that played into today, actually. We had falling water, um, and then we had a cold front. So we had falling water, less current, and um, a cold front go through. All these great factors. That actually, all three of those you do not want. So I probably shouldn't have gone today. Uh, but I'll analyze those things. The one thing that I've found though, is I try, I use those as ways to attribute maybe issues that I'm running into on the water. Why maybe not getting by doing a certain thing. Maybe I'm fishing too fast, but I don't try to, I try to keep those out of my mind as, as things that are 
saying, hey, you can't catch fish today. Because yeah. the limo just pisses you, you know, piss you off and it just puts you on the you know on the ground. Uh, moon wise though, I hate fishing after a full moon unless there's brim spawning or maybe a shad spawn or if the fish are spawning like the bass are. But at the same time, usually after full moon they'll bite in the morning, they'll bite at one PM. So like there's little things like that that you can think of. Uh, but I try to take those things into fact, I guess, factors, you know, cloudy days, fish might be up in the water calm, maybe I have some fish brighter colors, but at the same time, the fish aren't that smart. So like, I'll do what I know how to do, what I like to do and look at more, maybe of a seasonal kind of aspect, where should they be? And then try to run a variation on that using those more like weather factors, maybe little tweaks that I can make to presentations or to um, where I'm at. Nice. Not that any of that's right. By the way, <laughs> but, but every yeah, now and then you catch one doing it. So yeah, yeah, you kind of have your process and, and you go through it. There's been a few people wondering where Bog is tonight. But. Oh, dude, he's in detention. He's out hanging out with the girl and Rob. Yeah, I can go get him if you guys want to see him. I'm sure well, we all have to make an appearance at some point. But. Hold on, let me let me holler real quick. Come on, come on, come on. George Ball. Come on, George Ball. He's, he's not interested. No, he's coming. He likes Rob, dude. He, he's big into Asian camera guys. Oh. <laughs> Everybody likes Rob, I think. Come on, you big lazy galoot. They want to see you on the live stream, dude. Come on. He was Rich. fishing today, so he's real tired, guys. Yeah, it's hard. Life, life is hard. He sleeps on this this thing that I built up here. Say hello, everybody. Yep. He's come on. He's like, no, nah, he's so lazy, dude. Come here. He sleeps on this this big old bed thing that I made him. I take him freaking fishing with me. He sleeps in the truck. I feed him every day, but he's just he's so distraught, you know, living this hard lifestyle and all that. Fresh he's air. Where's cold. the per where's the dog out? I mean, you know. Oh, dude. He's discriminated against because of his breed. I mean, it's a tough life, dude. Super tough life. But he had fun today. He he loses his deal, dude, with smallmouth. Smallmouth yeah. and grassfish, like he was he almost put holes in my seat today. He was standing, my buddy caught like a two and a half pound freaking smallmouth, and he boat flips it and he grabs it. The dog's on top of my seats, standing up, trying to bite the tail of the smallmouth. And I'm like, you never get this excited when I catch like a like a four pound largemouth, you know, just off a dock. Like, I don't know. So he's, he's a weird joker. Yeah. Uh, Rich, the co-angler. I mean, I think five, six, seven rods is a pretty good range for co-anglers. I mean, you should be able to kind of pack things up and, and have a few versatile rods to ride in anybody's boat and catch some fish with, you know, five, six, seven rods. <clears throat> Uh, you should bring more than just to piss off your boat or depends, it depends like it kind of depends is this like a stranger thing where you're drawing a random guy in a tournament or are you going with your buddy because like if it's your buddy you know bring, you you bring 13 <laughs> or you can use his stuff too i always yeah, tell just people leave him laying there on the deck just to see yeah. how mad you'll get and make a big mess and yeah. i had a guy hopefully he's not watching this so i fished in bfl like in what like 2012 when I and I had my tracker 175 dude and I never fished as a co-angler because I didn't want to deal with a boater like I just wanted to it's like dude if I'm gonna pay 200 bucks I'm gonna either win my 200 bucks or I'm gonna lose it I'm not letting somebody else decide that for me so the dude shows up 
and he sets like a tackle box next to my bed. I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? He sets some rods down. He's like, oh, I'm whatever. Forget his name. He's like, I'll be right back. So he goes back, dude, and I'm just sitting there. But Jugger comes back with freaking two more. Remember them old plastic ta- tackle boxes that were like that high with the plastic drawers? Like the black, yeah, dude, yeah. He brought two more of them, and he had like freaking, I don't know. This is before they put limits on the rods, like 12 rods, dude. We're in a Tracker 175, like 17 and a half foot boat, a BFL. And he's loading all this stuff in, and I'm like, dude, I don't even have box space for my own stuff, much less yours. You're going to have to put that at your feet, dude. Needless to say, I don't think he's very happy me i wasn't happy with him either though so is what it is yeah uh you know much about the Demiki rig i've never fished it i love the Demiki rig you're gonna see a lot more of that with active target and forward fixing sonar Uh, that's a pick them off rig dude uh yeah i've actually fished that quite a bit around here on normandy and um and on smith like a quarter to a three eighths ounce um either running uh what the hell is that elastic stuff? Like the striking little fluky dookie deals. Z2 or yeah, that little short ones or um a gambler shaky shad. Um just like little streamlined straight tail stuff that you can kind of like pendle them down, like you kind of like pitch it out to them, pendle it through, almost like you do with a Kitech, like straight lining it or or tight lining it, um, or I'm vertical on and I, and I like it because you can see the bait, it shows up and gets a profile on your active target, your forward facing. And um, you can really put it on them, dude. It's it's kind of, and you can do a lot with it. Like I said, you can pitch to them and like pendle them, or you can uh, vertical them. This one. Do you? Uh, is there a certain style of fishery or a forage base, or what? What do you think makes a good Demiki fishery? I mean, usually I would say ten foot or deeper, but it's it's more if I if I can see them on the active target, I can catch them on. Like if, if it's a little bit deeper, you need to have a little bit of a buffer, you know, depth wise between you and the fish. But I think that's something I think I, I talked about this on another podcast I was on. You're going to see like this whole range of baits in the next like two to three years that develop or sort of evolve based upon forward facing sonar. And there's going to be like, you know, you got your swim bait arsenal, you got your flipping arsenal. You're going to have your forward facing sonar arsenal, like baits that'll show up on that, on that graph, on that, that transducer things that you can use in like very as a tool, I guess, hand in hand with that forward facing sonar that allow you to present baits very specifically and like targeted. Um, that's going to be like a thing that you're going to see from some of these bait manufacturers. <laughs> 40 rods. I like it. That's my kind of guy. You got to start some stuff when you get on a boat with somebody, right? Like, <laughs> What's up, That's Aaron? a really good question. Do you have forward-facing sonar? Uh, my new boat will be wired for it, but I don't have it. <laughs> like it. It will it will be on there before the end of the year. I've been in a couple boats that have had it, but okay. Because this is something I actually learned about when I got it last year, and it's actually kind of an offshoot. You've had structure scan, like side scan, and all that mm-hmm. jazz. Um, do you crank your down scan up so your contrast is pretty high? depends uh, most of my graphs are just there to throw people off so that when i'm dock fishing they think i fish offshore but <laughs> dude, that, is all, that is the <laughs> best answer dude please don't i don't even turn them on they're just they're just decoy units they're, they're <laughs> that's a good idea 
So I, you know, I should do that. Like I run the camera in the back of my boat. I should actually drop like a waypoint on a lake that I'm not on. And you know how it does like the, the numbers for where you're at. Sure. I should do that and get it. Just captured. put it in as a little B-roll. Like, yeah, dude, put it. Yeah, exactly. Like, people be sitting on a like, block of land freaking in the middle of it. In any case, um, one thing I learned, you, do you know Ryan Salzman? The guy on Gunnersville? Yeah, I mean, I know of him. Yeah, I mean. I'm... So so Ryan's a big electronics guy, yep. and he, he kind of taught me a lot about that stuff. And I kind of came with some knowledge, but he helped me really tweak it. And one thing that he does is he cranks up his contrast on his down scan. And the reason being, he's like, dude, if you see something on there, it's a fish. Might not be the fish that you're trying to catch, but it'll give me better bottom separation. Because if it's a dot above the bottom or near the bottom, it's something. And I'm like, yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, so I sort of took that same approach with the the active target because really with forward-facing sonar, it's still very interpretive. Um, you see things move and that indicates right. that they're alive usually. Right. But cranking up the contrast on that thing is excellent because it's not like you're trying to see like the face of the fish and how many like stripes it has across its lateral line. You're trying to see a dot that moves back and forth. So the greater contrast, the greater brightness and standoutness it has without getting a bunch of interference is important. And then the other thing I found with mine, I don't know what Garmin's uh, live scope offers uh, palette was, but right. there's a red yellowish palette on my active target. And it really provides a lot of contrast. It also picks up a lot. So you get a little bit more chattery sort of interference that shows up because of the color palette. But it also shows everything in a very like brusque way. It's, it stands yeah. out. Um, so my recommendation is crank your contrast to a point where you can – like it doesn't wash off the screen, but you get real hard lines on objects. Um, and then you can always bring it back down from there. But it's a great starting point to really see everything and kind of figure out what's moving and what's not. Yeah, that was uh, – we had John Sukup on a month ago or so, and he's big on like – I just want the information. I could care less about how clean yeah. it looks or yep. how crystal and how crisp it is. He's like, just, I like to crank things up. Yeah. I want to get all that information on the screen and I'll, I'll try to figure it out later, but uh, he's not concerned about how pretty it looks. He just wants to get as much information as possible. Cause it's not like 2d sonar. You're not trying to get like a color line. So you get your arch and you can figure out how big the fish are and all that jazz. Like it's literally, it's one color or the other, you know, and it's, it's a, hard object so you want it to contrast a bunch against that background so you can pick it up dude absolutely uh everyone wants to know if you're coming to texas <laughs> so rob who's in the other room he called me this afternoon he's like hey mikey you want to go to texas i'm like yes rob i do want to go to texas like like tomorrow and i'm like Rob, in, in a perfect world, I would literally get in a truck and go to Texas with you tomorrow. But I, I got work to do, and I literally just got home from Florida, dude. So, no, I cannot go to Texas. But he's like, dude, they're on beds. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. I can't go. I want to go. I'm, I'm going to try to go next year. I got a buddy down there on Texas, uh, Big Bass Tours, I think is his guide service. Super cool dude. His name's Brian Parker. Um, mm -hmm. he does a lot of guide trips down there, super down to earth. And I'm sure he could help to get me started down there, but there's some bigs, no doubt getting caught in Texas. Texas is the new Florida in, in all frankness right now. And, um, it, it ain't going to last. So you better get on it while you can, you know, Christopher just says he's been watching you religiously and he's definitely upped his game. So that's awesome. Dude, I'm that's glad good. to hear it. I'm glad the videos have helped. I love making them. So somebody watching them and enjoying them really means a lot, dude. Yeah, that's the, I don't know. Like, I always like to say that, like, the whole, my thesis for the channel is uh, to help you catch, no, 
<laughs> help you catch more big bass and suck less. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's that simple. Like, it really is, dude. It is fun making the videos, too, dude. Yeah, yeah. like, I can't lie. Like, there's nothing like going back. Like, today, so we caught, like, two four-pound smallmouth. Like, not megas, not small ones. But it is fun going and just watching and being like, oh, shaking my rod tip like four times and then she bit. Or it was just right after the cat. Like, it's fun to watch and like capture that, dude. And it's there's so much information, even on a personal level, like beyond you sharing it and all that, that you can kind of take away and learn from, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little slower. We had Gary Dobbins on last week and. It was it was a little crazy. The, the that chat was been kind of interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, there was a lot of people getting their rod questions, and and Gary's he's a, he's a good storyteller. He's got uh, he's got like every time somebody's got a rod question, he's got like, well, you no, know, we designed this rod for Carolina <laughs> Regan on Diamond Valley Lake, you know, and like there's yeah, always yeah. Like, a really good story for it, so it's cool. That's really cool. Uh, what 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 are your main rods and reels? I guess. So I got a bunch of Halo rods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm buddies with a guy that that runs Halo. He's actually a stick on Gunner's little dude sure. involved. Um, but I got those. I got a speaking of Dobbins. I have a Dobbins Fury seven nine five. Um, it's kind of like my swim bait rod, my, yeah. my all around all purpose. Um, I think I got a Daiwa. What is the hell is it called? Tatula on there. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, I have a mix mostly of Shimano's, excuse me, uh, mix of mostly Shimano's. I think it might have a, a lose in there, a speed spool. Um, and then I got some Daiwa spinning reels. Dude, so all right, I will never buy myself something crazy expensive, but my buddy gave me a present and he really should not have because it's ungodly price. He gave me a, a blue RCA Xenon. Do you, do you know those? I, I know all of them. I haven't held over. $500 spinning reel. Dude, like it's a stupid expense. It's their response to a freaking Stratic, dude. That thing, it's the craziest deal. It feels like a total piece of garbage because it weighs nothing. So like, right. it feels very nothing. You know, kind of, kind of feels cheap. It. it doesn't feel like there's anything. Exactly, there. it's all like carbon fiber or something. But dude, it weighs nothing. So it's like sitting there shaking it with a net. Like it, it doesn't. It's freaking easy. But the drag on it is stupid. And it's I can't thank him enough for giving that to me because he really should. I may or may not be having a rod video coming out a very irresponsible acquisition. Oh really? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. An irresponsible. You should actually title it that. I made an irresponsible. That's that's the thing is like I got to figure like probably why I haven't done it yet because I haven't figured out the right title for it yet. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell was that show with Jason Bateman? Like I think you've made a huge mistake, or I think I've made a huge mistake, kind of deal, or something like that. Nice, but yeah, that's what I got. It's Shimano stuff mainly, and and then a bunch of Halo rods. I love, dude. It's funny with the the reels. I, I ain't hating on anybody because there, there's a lot of reels that are decent out there. But I swear to you, I go, I'll, I'll fish my Shimano stuff. I got a bunch of the old 200Es, and I'll try some other brand. We'll leave it at that. And like, it's decent, it's nice, and then something will happen to it, or I'll just be like, you know, I kind of, yeah. That's the golden rule right there. But I just keep coming back to the Shimano stuff. And I'll be the first to admit the price point, usually the old Cronarch, very nice, which is the 200E, but just in a white shell. Very nice, dude. <laughs> but like freaking, you know, they're not the most price point great, but mm-hmm. they just last. The new ones aren't as great as the old ones, but they're still pretty freaking bulletproof, dude. Yeah. I, I- 
it's out in the garage, but I also got a Cronarch D, which whenever I show that, people get excited about the old Cronarch D, the Pearl. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I sold a couple of those regret those. Like, they're not light, but, God, they're amazing reels. They're just... Well, you know, and what's funny about that is with all, like, the millennial kind of Gen Y, what do you call it, like, the sentimentalism, like, for the 80s and the 90s, you'd think those jokers would do, like, a legacy release or something of, like, the old 200. They'd make a killing, but at the same time, I know, like, the, the manufacturing cost is... Their margins are going to be a lot less because it would right. probably cost, like, 300 bucks now, dude. But sure. I bet you they would sell a ton of those jokers to guys, like, thinking about the, the old times when they used to get them. Plus, new anglers experiencing, like, that level of quality and that, like, solid of a build, dude. But that was... I was joking that... uh when uh, when Steve Kennedy was leading the classic uh, on uh, Texas Lake, the what, whichever one, the one that was in Texas two years ago that Cherry won, right? But he was leading, and I was like, man, when he when Kennedy wins this, this is going to be the time to sell my old green Corrados, and they're going to be a killing on eBay because everybody's going to want one. <laughs> Dude, right now they kill on eBay. I know, but I'm saying if he would have won the classic on the old Bantam. Yeah. Right, That's like true. the green bantam would have been like, all right, this is the time to cash in. Yeah, they're worth gold, dude. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know, you want me to show you something else worth gold? Oh, yeah, I always like to see cool things. He hasn't seen one of these, right? The skirt expander. Yeah. Do you know how much they cost online now? Oh, they don't make them anymore. Or? They don't make them anymore. They're I like, probably they, have one in a bag somewhere over here in a box that I never opened. find it and sell it. They're like 300 bucks on eBay, and you got to buy them out of country. Yeah. No, it's stupid. I went to order one like about a year and a half ago. I can ago. make half a boat payment if I'm willing to sell my yeah, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I went to order one like a year and a half ago, dude, and they weren't on Travel Warehouse. And I started trolling around looking for them, and dude, you can't find them. And my buddy in Florida is like, bro, I got two. I'll hook you up. I'm like, no, dude. Like that thing, you sell that thing. He's like, bro, I'm not going to use it. And and like, you'll actually use it. I'm like, I will use it. But he sent it to me and I don't deserve it at all. But that thing is For 300 it. bucks, I can send a lot of jigs to Super K and have them hand tie them for that. Yeah. <laughs> a little barter and swap deal, right? Yeah, I think a lot of us have regrets about some of the reels that we let go. Yeah. There was a time where, like, I had, you know, like, more of these and these. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get the Crado D and the Crado I. Which were garbage, dude. I mean, they're decent, but they're, yeah, they're not what these were. Were they lighter? Sure, but they weren't, yeah. Well, I know I bought... So I was a poor joker for a long time and now I'm a less poor joker. And when I really started buying like my arsenal of reels, it was when they were discontinuing the 200Es and the 50Es or whatever. So Dix had them for, I think like a buck 10 on clearance. I literally hopped Dix sporting goods all throughout Fort Lauderdale buying as many as I could. I think I had like six left or something like that. I mean, I won't give, I've repaired them, had them fixed because they, they break after a while, but like they break after like five years of like flipping 65 pound braid, you know, like, but, but now these, it's starting to get worse on these people that fix my reels. Like they can't get parts for them. Mm-hmm. Like they used to be able to take the, the 200 E Corona parts and use them on the, the old Corrados because it's the same reel pretty much. And they, they stopped making a lot of those parts. So it's getting a little tough to fix them. 
which sucks. But. So now you're gonna have to start like, okay, I gotta take this piece off this piece. To put yeah, it. right. You're gonna be like eight reels is gonna turn into six reels from the parts of those, and like, dude, well, I got one that's a, a 200e case in green, halfway around, and then you get to the the pullaway plate, and it's the white freaking pullaway plate from the corner, <laughs> dude. So it's like the zebra reels, white and green. But. Nice. At some point, I'll just have to get the new stuff. I've heard uh, Rob was actually telling me like the new what is it the the new Corrados the the upper end one not the the one seventy nine but the one step up from there. Oh, dude, like the MGLs. Yeah, like they're they're freaking rock solid, dude. The the engage the instant anniversary they, they're super solid. I just don't like biting the bullet. I got what I like, and as long as it doesn't break, knock on wood, I'm gonna keep using it. I haven't bought many of the newer, more expensive. <laughs> Shimano's, but I really like the Shimano SLXT for one twenty nine. Like, oh, dude, that's like the deal. Yeah. And even the sorry, I'm knocking. I have a whole freaking hard drive server under my desk for all my video stuff, and I just kick the face off of it like a smart person. Um, the the SLX even the the ninety nine ninety nine for yeah. Tackle Warehouse, dude. I've bought, especially being up in Alabama, where I'm doing some braid applications for some flipping in that, but the majority of my applications take. 15 to 20 pound floor 12 to 15 pound 12 to 20 pound fluorocarbon like i don't need a 300 250 dollars reel that's never going to break like i need a utility reel that that'll cast and wind and the drag won't slip most of the time you know like that's that's a deal dude yeah the tranks is nice jake <laughs> has just talked about the shimano tranks that that's a nice reel it's just right. not a nice price point I still have the a Corrado 300E that I use for my swim baits. <laughs> That's what I wish I would have got. I got the little bigger um, Tatula, and, it, and it's pretty nice, but I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the bar that, that slides back and forth. I feel like it nicks the line from time to time. Yeah, I think we just said it. The SLX XT? Yeah. I mean, and even the Tatula, or yeah, the, the, the Daiwa Tatula CTs. Yeah, like, those are like one thirty. Those are rock solid too. Like, yeah, for the price point that, that you can't beat them. You know, I used to really like the lose um, the the speed spools. Uh, you know, hundred dollars because they were one of the first that came out with like a hundred dollar price point. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I, and I have like three or four of them. The only issue I ran into those is is I got a lot of variability in the uh, in the braking system. Uh, like I'd get one, it'd be awesome. I'd get another and it would cast like 4,000 miles. And then I'd get another that wouldn't like cast as far. And like, even though I adjusted the braking system, there just seemed to be, I haven't bought one in like four years though, but there's just some variability, but they had a pretty solid product as well. I don't know. I saw Sean, Sean my DM, he asked if you got put in timeout and I don't think you're in timeout, Sean. Um. <laughs> you're banning people, but I did Maybe one of my mods is getting out of hand here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jersey. actually, Gene. Oh, sorry, man. I, I was just gonna say Gene Parmesan. That's a great name. Uh, he he just mentioned the BPS Pro Qualifier. You know, one thing that does make me sad is the Bass Pro reels used to be solid back in the day when I was a kid. Like that's all we bought was the combos. You know, like the extreme combo, the Pro the, Qualifier, the Bionic Blade combo, the Bionic Blade, yeah, the cranking stick. You know. Oh, but some of their reels kind of, I don't know, I used to flip with an extreme, dude, and it would hold up, dude. And then they kind of, they, they just got, I guess all the reels got a little bit cheaper and the price points went up. Can't have, can't have Sean in timeout. He's, he's like a, he's an integral part of the family. 
Um, <laughs> Seltzers, what's your favorite swim do you do to use in tannic or tinted water? Um, or maybe I a, couple, a couple. I mean, like in grass in Florida, we got uh, the goat, uh, super stout hook, but it's for like super thick grass. Um, and that's really what I go for is something with a really strong brush guard to go through that stuff, to be able to fish pretty quick. Um, the other one that I actually played with and it's a swim jig for everything is like I was telling you, I kind of have been on a, a micro sizing or a downsizing kick and Cumberland pro has this little sort of mini swim jig with these like wire, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw like those new tech jigs back in the day, but they mm -hmm. have like two wire bands yeah. that, yeah, exactly. Like the fork. And um, especially when we get in fall, the fish get really weird, dude. They, they respond to really small baits, move really fast. And that thing is bad to the bone. Uh, it's a really small profile. I can actually put like a little two inch, like, like a 2.1 Kitek. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. A 2.8 Kitek or Gambler makes this little two and a half inch. It's almost looks like a, a spec. Uh, what do you guys call it? Crappie bait. You know, like a little minnow, um, I can put a super small bait on it and really burn it through the grass or around cover in that, and it, it works really well, even in that tannic water. Interesting. Cool. Subject squad. Yeah, I guess somebody else is saying that they were having trouble in a different stream tonight where they got put in timeout for no apparent reason, or like YouTube's just putting people in timeout, I guess. I don't know. Nice. Well, freaking Elon Musk would buy YouTube now, too. I think there we all have a lot more views, dude. <laughs> Uh, he did fish one time up by Detroit Lakes a long time ago in Minnesota. He was amazed at how big and dumb our fish were. Um, it was a beautiful place. Though. That place was cool, dude. So, so this question, do you, do you still still working outside of the YouTube game, or are you mostly oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. You can't make no money doing this shit. Like... <laughs> Depending if you're like if your name's Matt Allen, maybe, but uh, yeah, but you know, even their views are getting. Did you see how bad their views have been throttled, dude? Like that hurts. Like, and I don't know why YouTube is doing it. It seems like they're doing it to a lot of like the older content creators, like the guys that have been like around for a while. They're really throttling views, dude. Not that the people here probably care <laughs> watching this because they want to know like how to catch fish on fat aces and things like that, but I think it's just the audience is shifting and I think you got to change to keep up with the audience. Um, I don't disagree with that, but there but is, trends, there are changes like, in the algorithm with the way dissemination is going. But I'm like, just saying like subscribers don't mean much and you can't rest on your laurels and just do things. You, you can't do the things you used to do and just think you're going to still get the same amount of views. That is true, but there is a there is a change in the way the algorithm has worked for dissemination, especially geared towards outdoor content. Because you can even do like a cross reference. You had the big hunting kill, you know, kick off by YouTube where they knocked off a bunch of videos like that, and then they'd actually they downgrade. Not even downgrade not the right word, but they they reassess. Whatever. We don't want to get into it. But yeah, there's been you definitely need to stay fresh and lively um, and change content. But it sure would be nice if YouTube treated people who shoot fishing videos like people who shoot makeup videos and all that other garbage. But they don't. Um, but uh, no, what I do, so I don't do all YouTube. I'd like to do more of it. Um, I have a lot of fun shooting videos of it, doing that, learning myself as well as mm -hmm. kind of sharing those experiences um, and traveling around. But I've always been of, when I started doing YouTube, 
uh, I think that was 2010. It was literally at the dawn of YouTube. Like some of my videos are the first fishing videos to ever exist on YouTube. Uh, me, John B. There's some other crazy dude. I forget what his name. Some dude from Ohio. Like there's a there's a few of us. Um, Bergen, my, Tyler Tyler Bergen or right uh, Bass HQ. He was on there. Well, okay. Ways oh, back. Okay. All right. No, Not right. after OG. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, but in any case, though, I was always concerned with it. Like I never thought of it as a, a way to actually make money from a, a long term standpoint. So I always hedged. You know, um, I got into content production. I like I, I'm kind of a dork dude. I do a lot of web oriented stuff. So web marketing, web administration stuff. Um, I work off my computer um, and work with a bunch of different contractors that I have from the fishing industry to insurance companies to um, I worked with a lawyer once. Uh, like I do a lot of different contract work in in the way of, of web marketing and web consulting stuff. And that's kind of my deal, basically. So you're mostly in and around uh, content for fishing, but it's not just for you. That and even outside. So like social media. Even outside of fishing, just general content. Because the money's outside of the fishing industry, too. That's true. (laughs) Ain't ain't no money in fishing, bro. A lot of fun to be had, but ain't no money. So, But but I try to keep it diverse. That way, if I get canned doing one thing, like I can kind of keep on going. That's always been my approach, you know, like, screw me, screw you. I'll go find something else to do, you know, but I can last long enough to, uh, to keep on going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you ever play with a hybrid hunter in the hydrilla? Yeah. That's the one with the, the shaky bill, right? Uh, no, that's the jabber jaw. The hybrid hunter is this guy. No. Okay. So full disclosure, which is the old, like what it's the strike. Was it because striking makes it now, but with Strike Pro, it was like the Strike Pro Bubba, and then Todd Castlebank got Strike King to make or licensed it to remake it. I didn't know that, huh? I think you'd like this. This is supposed to be like a it's supposed to be like a four wheel drive, like it's supposed to be very horizontal in the water, like it doesn't dive. It, like, uh-huh. sorry, wrong direction, it doesn't, it, it, it like gets down and then just goes like this, and it, it's got like super loud and it like wide it's supposed to like just go through like like it's supposed to be really good in hydrillo so full disclosure i think that's one of the stupidest looking baits i've ever oh, seen it is it looks I, dumb it, it, but i mean 100%. that's where that's where i'm an idiot because i let my bias like overrun i've had in the past two months five people that i trust very much tell me hey dude you need to get this bait and throw it because not only will you catch fish on it but you'll love it and i'm like it looks so stupid, but I think this is the final straw. Like I've been told many a time, dude, it catches them. And that, that's one of the problems with fishing baits is we, we freaking look at them and we're like, yeah, I love it. And they never catch anything off of it, you know, and freaking it's all, what do you sell to the fishing eye or fish for the fishermen or something? What's that phrase? Trying to catch the fishermen or something, not the fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah I made, I made Sean a moderator which apparently got him back. So there you go. He's not in jail anymore. Mm-mm. I made him a mod so that, uh, yeah, strike pro Bubba. I remember seeing that maybe, maybe that's why. Cause strike, po, strike and they, pro and, and like plastic and stuff too. Yeah. They made some like swim baits and yeah. some weird, like, and then they took a dump and disappeared. Right. 
I think there's, I think they're like, I want to say they're like a European company or something, or like they're not oh. a U.S. company. So I still think they make oh, a lot right. of baits overseas, but they don't make them. Right. They don't really distribute them in the U.S. And uh, the other so thing is their paint jobs are awesome. or something European domestic product or something or manufacturer yeah. versus. They had really ugly looking paint jobs. So on top of their ridiculous shaped crankbait that looked really dumb, then the, the paint jobs were bad. So, but now striking, they look. Uh, I've been asking for next as you fish Wheeler. Very rarely. And I need to fish it more. Um, I, I've heard it's pretty good. I know there's some giant smallmouth in there. Um, and it's actually probably one of the closest lakes to where I live in, in Huntsville. And so, I heard it's kind of on an upswing, right? Like It, it is on an upswing. It is on upswing, but it's also on a knock your lower unit off swing. There's some flats out there that that scare me very much, and they're not. I won't say they're not mapped very well, but like when they draw the water down, and I drive over the bridge to go to Decatur, I can mm-hmm. see all the stumps that are sticking up two foot off the bottom in these flats that I'd be running around, and then the water comes up like two and a half feet, and I'm contemplating in my mind, I'm like, is this enough water over these stumps for me to run on pad across this flat? So I don't feel very good about it. Does the nitro have a hydraulic jack plate? It does. Send but it. I'd like to keep that on there. You know, like. like That's the problem it. is if you break a prop or a jack plate or a lower unit, it's hard Can't to find it. It's not the cost. It's like getting Can't the part. Get it, That's what I'm also, because dude, without a boat, like the videos will suffer, but I can shoot some tip videos and stuff like that. But my mental state will go to, to hell. I will lose my freaking mind. Like, I'm not going to lie. I work a lot um, with the stuff that I do and I will be working till 10, 11 at night. And my only reprieve for that is I will work 10, 12 hours for the next three, four days. But I, then I get to go fish for 10 or 12 hours. Like that's what I get. That's my reward. And if I don't get that, then all the other stuff weighs 70 times more than what it would if I can't, like, if I can go fishing. So you, you get no, no sympathy from me. I didn't catch a bass from mid November till last weekend. Yeah, that's on you, bro. Move that's south. a lot of tip videos, bro. Move <laughs> south, bro. That, that's on you. That's. <laughs> Uh, you know, no need to do that, Sean, but thanks for the donation. Awesome. Appreciate it. Um, Dustin's off work. He's out of the jail. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Um, nice. The new Bantam. I don't. I feel like the new Bantams are, are not inexpensive, if I remember right. No, they are pricey. All of them are pricey, dude, except for the SLX. Do you, do you fish tourneys anymore? Or are you kind of off the tourney? I scene? haven't fished a derm in years, dude. I'm not, not. I'm not a huge. I should fish one here and there because it'd be really cool video content. It also pushes you in a way that I think um, just going out for a day on the water doesn't. Um, even if you're the most motivated individual, you know, putting yourself on a time schedule. Um, I, I do feel like I learned things tournament fishing just because I was pulling the trigger, forcing to make decisions. But I do have some ethical issues i guess you'd say with not even so much tournaments but with the way guys operate in tournaments sometimes just the treatment of fish there's more fishing pressure than there's ever been which i think translates to mean we should be i don't like the word conservationist or environmentalist because i think that's yuppie bull bleep you know but like we got to take care of the fish more because they're getting beat up more which is fine it's a it's a sport it's fun like everybody does it 
But in order for everybody to do it, we got to be more diligent about the way we take care of stuff. And I've seen stuff in tournaments, especially down in Florida on some of the deep lakes that I fish. Like, dude, they'll run a tournament on on these lakes that have seven, eight pounders. You catch 30-pound bags on shore, and they'll have, like, four dead seven-pounders in a, in a 30, 40-boat tournament, and they'll just be sitting below the thing, dude. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen when you run a tournament in July and the water's freaking 94 degrees and you catch a fish in 25 feet? Like, are you stupid? Like you must be because that's what happens. So that, that kind of stuff frustrates me from guys who should know better. Um, and it just treatment overall, I love catching fish. And one thing that stops me from catching fish is me sucking. That's something I can correct and do more about. And the other thing is people killing fish and not treating fish or being diligent about catching release and stuff like that. That's something I can't do anything about, but I can piss and moan about it. Sure. Yeah, that's one thing we don't up here our climates are pretty mild and so like our water's pretty cool but yeah i mean there's there's definitely something you said there's also times like in the winter time right where the fish like i know my dad would always he wouldn't he's kind of done with tournaments now but he wouldn't fish any of the tournaments on amistad or falcon when he was down there when they would be in the winter when the fish were in 40 feet of water because he's yeah. like they all die like yeah he's like i just don't want to be a part of it right like um it's one well, thing, if you're the thing these guys don't know too like you can it because it, it's all about your process too so like you can catch those fish but like dude you need to catch them get them up and get them back down so those jokers are strong enough to get back down and get done like unless there's i'd say 50 60 80 that's when those air bladders start to explode and you start killing fish but like down to like 40 50 ish like you can still get them up you just got to make sure they like picture done or like live off for two seconds and done. And I think that's what they don't understand. Like you can't be fumbling around with the fish. I saw a video like a year or two ago and the dude caught like a 12 pounder in Florida. It was awesome. You know, his PB and all that, but he's also holding the fit. Like they catch the fish. It's pinned in some grass. They hold the fish out of the water for dude, a strong five minutes. Mm. Like this fish is, was probably on a bed, probably shallow doing his thing. It's already stressed out. And then you literally suffocate it for five minutes. I don't want to get too nitty with it, but you know what I mean? Like just simple stuff. Like I want to go back and catch that fish. I want that guy to catch that fish again. And like, literally it's going to die when you do that, dude. Like at least be smart enough where it's like you caught your PB, throw it in the well, dude. Let it, let it revive for like a minute and a half, two minutes, get your camera set. Like I do this every time. Like I'll catch an eight pounder and it's like, dude, first thing I'm going to do, I landed this fish going in the well because i'm not going to sit there and dangle dick the fish while i'm turning on a camera getting set up for the release and that like you got a lot of well use it you know just like little things like that can go a long way in taking care of especially bigger fish dude yeah i guess this is a good point i guess yeah it's the i don't what your take is but like so in the summer months a lot of those deeper fish are down there in what is cooler water right Mm -hmm. um and you bring them to the top and you're having them out so they're typically, I don't know, there's something about fish. They're less hardy in warm yeah. water. So yeah. um, whether it's walleye, whether it's bass, whether anything, if you catch them out of like 40, 50, 60 degree weather, they're tougher. I don't know. Yeah. They just, they hold up. But in the warm, there's something about them where they're more fragile in warm water. And especially carrying them around in live wells in yeah. that warmer water That's what is uh and like our water like even when you put in live well like 80 degree water doesn't hold as much oxygen as 60 degree water yeah that, that's um, a big player dude and their metabolism is higher 
They're, they're more initially exerted in that warm water. They come out more beat up already than they would if the water were cooler, you know? So they're already kind of stressed out. They're already like burning a lot of energy because it's warmer. Their bodies are working faster, you know? And like, there's a fine line between being like, not an environmentalist, but being like activist about this and just trying to be like, Hey man, use some common sense, you know? And, and that's kind of like the fine line I try to walk because I don't want to be somebody tapping on somebody's shoulders or being that, that Karen or what, what are they called? Dudes like that now? Are they Kyle's or Kyle's something? Kyle's or Ken's or Ken's. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't want to be that dude. I'm not here to, to navigate and manage, you know, things that you're doing. That's not my business. But at the same time, like, I think we all could, I don't know, just be a little bit better because in the end we, we're paying it forward. Like I want to catch that seven pounder that you caught. You want to catch that. I'm going to give myself credit that eight pounder that I caught, you know, like stuff like that. Dude. And if you think about it in that context or like, I want to catch it for that next derby. I think you just take that extra step to be a little more diligent about fish care. Cause I think that's all you need. Like the, the fish can handle the turtles. The other thing is the MLF format. I know Dude, there's nothing that blows your load more than like hanging up like a 20 pound sack, dude, at the end of the day, putting it on the scale and being like, I did this. But at the same time, though, that MLF format, it it, it does the process and suits the process. Um, but you don't get that that big glory moment, you know, and, and that is kind of it's annoying. But at the same time, it, it still gets the job done, you know, and I'd like to see more of that. Because I'd fish and stuff like that. But it's hard, too, because fishermen are a bunch of liars, dude. So, like, that kind of creates a a little issue. That's the thing is, like, I think – in draw tournaments, it can work, but in team tournaments, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You yeah, seem like a good dude, Mikey, but I don't want <laughs> when ten grand's on the line, or you, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean. It's like I don't I want the money. Really any of those guys, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you there, dude. And and maybe that's the gap we're in right now. You know, um, I, like I know Tim from Hammonds um does a real cool derby where it's um a catch video release. So you have you catch fish. You have to actually video the release so you see the yeah. fish going back underwater. Obviously, that doesn't solve the, hey, let's go put some fish in a cage or something like right. that. But that happens in regular tournaments, too. But at least in that case, you're not able to reuse the same fish over and over again because you see them letting go of it. There's little things that will gradually evolve to sort of address that, I think. Um, but I, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Even though I know the logistics. The hybrid thing where you bring in, you know, one fish or, you know, maybe you bring in some of your fish, but some of you don't. Or yeah. maybe we, we weigh fish when it's, you know, water temps are in 75 and below. Yeah. But in the summer, we try to do more, you know, immediate release, you know, things like that. Yeah. Just little things. Because, like, in the end, dude, 10 years from now, I want to be catching fish. I want to be catching big fish. And I want other people to be doing it and, and having that experience. Dude, that's why we shoot the videos. Like, your mission statement, learn, don't suck. You know, you need the fish to be around to do that, dude. And the more fish there are, granted, there's something to be said for management, getting some of the small ones out of there and stuff. But um, you need the fish to be there and, and to have that experience. And, and I want people to have that experience. I want to have that experience. So paying it forward, um, taking care of things a little bit more, being a little more common sense and diligent, not crazy, but, but a little more diligent and a little more careful with the fish, I think is an important step in getting to that point. Yeah, great. That's a good transition here. So like, yeah, I, I have fished a little bit up there, but it's not much different than northern Minnesota. And yeah, I think, you know, the management of these fisheries up here has gone in the right direction. The water quality is getting better. People are being smarter about 
selective harvest. You know, people aren't eating as many four pound smallies as they used to. So, I mean, things like that are helping our fisheries up north for sure. Um, any plans to fish with Jacob anytime soon? I'd like to. Um, Jacob is off limits uh, on Gunnersville because the, excuse me, the MLF is coming. Or the, you can go to Wheeler. <laughs> well, actually, you know, that's actually a good solution. Uh, but I, I'd like to get up. Me and Jacob, dude, we mesh. Like, he is such a cool down-to-earth dude. And he has, you know, it's really cool, like, in talking to you. So you're up north. I have some perspectives at having fished mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. But we have very different but complementing perspectives on fishing. Mm-hmm. Jacob is from freaking Oregon or Oregon, as some people say. So, you know, I get out on the boat with the story I always tell is me and Jacob were, were sight fishing on Gunnersville a couple of years back. We're out there and dude, there's like two, like two pound males there. And then we got like a three pounder on a bed and I'm working it. And he's like, hold my beer, watch this. I'm like, what dude? So he goes in his box and I think it was like a Roman made. He gets out this eight inch freaking Roman made swim bait. I'm like, what in the hell are you going to do with that? He's like, Take You're like, banging's not legal here. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so he freaking, dude, he slangs this thing out on this flat. And he's like, just watch. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll try anything once, dude. And he's gliding this, ju- I mean, dude, it looks like a fish I want to catch. You know, but, right. dude, this four-pounder comes out. This th- And there's little clumps of grass, but it's pretty open. Like, you can see, four-pounder comes out. Three-pounder comes out. These two-pounders come out. I didn't even see them, dude. They flush out and they're following this stupid freaking giant monstrous bait. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I know I had no idea there were this many fish on the flat. He's like, I'm not gonna catch a single one of them, but it's something that you can do, especially when they're up doing that, you know, like that staging behavior, you know, when mm-hmm. they're on the flats. It's something you can do to really get the feel of what's actually on a flat. Um, especially if you can see, you know, visually like what's all here and they'll come out they'll get curious they'll come out once or twice and then they lose interest but dude if you're pre-fishing for a tournament or something and you want to know what's coming it's a great way to do it i'm like dude that was you didn't catch a fish but that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen so it's interesting because he has this totally different perspective super chill super open to sharing things he actually makes his own baits he carves freaking swim baits um but i really love the kid dude very motivated just, I wish I was as as mature and cool and as chill as he is at his age when I was his age because I was I was out of hand, dude. That's the way I rolled. But he, he's a great dude to hang out with, and it's always a learning experience. I definitely my our next tournament is going to be on a place with some giants. I definitely plan to throw the glide bait and and practice a little bit. So, dude, it's stupid how it makes him show. Like you're lucky if you catch one. You know, it's got to be kind of right and stuff. They, they will swat at it. But I was amazed how how much it can tell you about an area that you're in without actually catching a fish. It, it's a crazy deal, dude. There are still on beds. On, yes, there are still fish on beds on Gunnersville. There are fish on Gunnersville doing just about everything, which is crazy. Nice. So it's like, tell me there's a bunch of giants here without actually catching <laughs> a giant. <laughs> Throw a glide bait. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a good point. Jacob does look like he's 14 somehow. Yes, he does. He's like Benjamin man-child. Button of bass fishing. Like, um... <laughs> he is a man-child. <laughs> but he's cool like that. He's giddy as hell. Dude, I act like a freaking 12-year-old when I catch fish. I don't know what happens. but And maybe that's why the dog acts like that, because the dog loses his freaking lunch. Like, he freaks out. But I think a lot of times dogs will 
like sort of have the same excitement as their owner or whoever they look up to, you know? And so I freak out when I catch a fish, the dog loses like his mind when I catch a fish. And so we're all a bunch of freaking crazy children. Anyways, addicts and crazy children. Mike wants to know uh, what you thought of the metallic red Sergeant lipless. I don't know. Go watch the video. <laughs> Mikey knows what I think of that. That is a bad bait. That's a silent freaking uh, trap, basically, the half ounce. And I smoked them on Gunnersville when nobody was catching fish around me multiple times, dude. And when I say smoked them, those jokers, I've never seen – down in Florida, you catch a lot of trap fish, but it's like you catch them in, like, the traps on the side of their mouth because they swatted at it. I've never experienced until probably that with that sergeant. I caught a few on red eye last year. Uh, I, uh, the what is it called the two tap or the one tap, you know, where they like crossed it, dude. These jokers on that silent, the water was kind of dingy, so I was a little skeptical about throwing it, but it was also really cold. They literally had it down their deal. I felt terrible because I'm all pissing and moaning about how people treat fish, and then I'm literally fishing a bait that like. I had to dig out of some fish, dude. It, it was awesome. It, like, they smoked that thing. It was fun to fish. Some game. Yeah, I, I threw it a little bit in practice, but it just it was just a little too cold yet. Like, I just, they weren't on the lipless yet. It needed a few more degrees of temperature. But You usually need, like, 50, 50, maybe 49. I think I caught them 48 and a half and then all the way up to like 55 or whatever, but 48 and that. And dude, when I was fishing in that 48, I'm talking like rod tips straight up in the air and just that. And then I hit a piece of grass and it wasn't like, it was just like, you know, I'd lift it over it, dude. And then just kind of keep it moving. It was a very slow retrieve. And actually I did it on 12 pound test too. Um, a lot of times I'll fish it on 15 um, around cover, but I was trying to get it into like six or seven feet of water in a lot of places. So it was 12 pound fluorocarbon to get, like get it down and keep it down. And then uh, almost like slow rolling a spinner bait, dude, to the max. Absolutely. Uh... I actually wish they bit a trap more. Uh, <clears throat> I don't catch them as well on a trap later in the year, but I love fishing a trap, dude. I don't know about you, but like ripping it off the grass and stuff is one of the most fun reaction bites, dude. I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> You're hard to please, dude. <laughs> up, up here, up here, we do a lot of flipping of the grass. Like that's kind of yeah. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I could see where that sergeant with its unique, you know, the, the half ounces, the silent, right? Like just that pressure, you know, when you're down Pickwick. Gunnersville, you and know, where they're pressured, like, and everybody's throwing a two tap or a every sort of red or trap. whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, like being able to show them something different. I think that's probably that. That is the main thing. That's why the jackhammer, the the jackhammer, the, the jackhammer is so strong. You know, or it's well, it's probably falling off a bit now. But wait till they just that different. Was it? Yeah, maybe Max or even well, hell, dude. I think them them dudes on Chickamauga caught them on the damn spinnerbait. So it's funny how, you know, bass fishing is very cyclical, dude. Like something gets hot and then what was hot that's not gets hot again. <clears throat> so uh, are you a snell knot? <laughs> not on fluorocarbon, no. Dude, I, I've tied it on fluoro. Um, it's not because it doesn't work. It's because it's a headache. Like yeah. tying a snell on fluorocarbon is obnoxious, it, especially heavy fluorocarbon is what yeah, you want. Right? It's, it's just stiff and oily and 
Uh, uh, I will run a straight shank, though. Have you played with the ringed EWGs at all? No, I have not. So this is something Seth does, or he started doing a while ago. So both VMC and and Gamagatsu make a – basically it's a welded ring just attached to EWG. There's no split on it whatsoever? No, there's no split, so it's a welded (laughs) – and, that's kind of uh, nice. I don't know. There's something about this. I started doing this about two or three seasons ago, and my hookups flipping grass like half to three quarter to one ounce, like not punching, but like flipping yeah. edges and clumps. It's dynamite, and I think I actually get a few more bites because I think you know, being on that, it's like a pivot head almost. You get that 100%. little more like I don't know. It's. I'll tell you what. Um, we when I fish brush piles down in Florida a lot. We used to throw a lot of uh, like a shaky head, like a mag shaky head, you know, like your classic stand up. And I actually started using in uh, a football head. You take a fo- football head without a skirt and put it like a long straight tail on it or something. And I started using a wobble head, the, the gambler wrecking ball as uh, mm-hmm. as my shaky head. But it had that that wobble or that, you know, that free floating kind of aspect to it. And I got a ton more bites, dude. But I was dragging it, you know, not fishing, not reeling it in that. And I think that does make a big difference, dude, having that sort of free floatingness to the bait, um, even in a flipping <laughs> context. <clears throat> Put down the right uh, <clears throat> It's the uh, Bateman says when you come to Kentucky Lake. To oh, I lake. need to get up there, dude. He actually hooked me up with a shizzard, which I have tied up right now. Yeah. Fancy. It is tied I, up I, I, on I, I, my boat. I saw you eyeing up uh, Buka's scissors Dude, in the video. You should have had it in a box that was getting just laid like oh this pile of trash <laughs> down here. Oh yeah, there's a there's a shizzard. I'm like, Monkey, what's wrong with you? Dude? Like, come on. That's and then he had the older version. I've never seen the original version of the scissor like that, dude. He had like the legacy version. Your video got me thinking. I think Buka would be a good guest to have on this thing. Buka would be awesome. Dude, he was I'll tell you what, man. I, I've so full disclosure, I've never met Mike Buka before that day. I've had a ton of interactions with him because I always like that was my first experience with like real swim bait fishing and all that. And so I've talked to him via Facebook a bunch of times, dude. Freaking, I love the burrito and all that. And meeting him in person is sort of like that's what I want to be. Like he is creative, he is business freaking sensed, like you wouldn't believe. He's obsessed with innovation. And he loves the fish and he's created a, a, a company that sort of combines all those factors into one. And I don't know about you. Like I basically, I work for myself. I run my own business. That's hard to do. Like not only is it hard to do independently, but like that takes a lot of like personal will to sort of make sure you're addressing all of those principles at once in everything that you do. And it sounds like a small thing, but dude, he really blew me away. He is such a straight and genuine dude, and he's created this sort of niche business and built it in a creative, customer-oriented fashion with cool-ass products, dude. Like, I really have a lot of love for that guy. Bateman's getting back on the stream horse tomorrow night, it sounds like. Nice. Talking about Buka? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great way to describe him. He said dead, but I think he meant deaf. Yeah, I hope he did. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Um, let's 
see here. You should uh, see something, dude. I do Google uh, text to voice all the time because I'm too lazy to type, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, dude. Some of the stuff that it says that I said, but I didn't say that is horrendous. I'm <laughs> blown away, dude. I have a, get in trouble for it. It's not voice to text, but like uh, I've got it like uh, text voicemail to text. So like yeah, know, right. So I have this message saved on my phone. I don't want to delete yet because my dad called me, asked if I was going fishing this weekend. And it came across as just wanted to check if you were still Christian this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, I have to keep that. Over, buddy, dude. We're done with this. <laughs> uh, Sean wants to know what's your favorite gambler easy color? Uh, probably two of them. Um, the black, blue, green pumpkin. Uh, I want it for like brim stuff. You like know, dark, stamp, shallow. Basically. Um, yeah, and then um, what's the the lighter one? Uh, Hammond's herring. Uh, it's a uh, basically it's like a pearlish kind of belly with a, a green back. Uh, perfect for any shad applications, things along those lines. Nice. Uh, burner worm. So interesting thing. Um, <laughs> this is. It, in Florida, when I fish tournaments and BFLs, the swimming worm, like a burner worm, was the co-angler's juice. It'll catch you 12 pounds every time you go out, never more, never less, you know. And I always kind of shy away from it because I saw that, it, like, sometimes it would catch bigger bags, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But I did shy away from it because it seemed like flipping, um, burning a big easy, you'd get bigger bites. When I was tournament fishing, it was five bigs, right? Yeah. Um, but what I found is, looking for baits as i learn more about gunnersville and the tva i'm looking for baits that i can get a lot of bites with and cover water in a variety of different water columns and with all the grass that grows up on gunnersville a swimming worm like the burner worm is, is a super valuable deal because i can throw it out there i can reel it i can throw it in a hole in the grass and just shake it you know and i can also do it like if i got a texas rig set up that i'm maybe throwing a sick bait on i can throw that burner worm on there and all of a sudden my texas rig drag rig becomes a reaction style or a water covering kind of bait so that kind of versatility is um is a big deal for somebody who's learning like me up here um so times a year to throw it um since gunnersville is a little more temperate a little more normal um and where i'm at in alabama is like that really it's from mid to early spring when the grass starts showing up fish start reacting and, and really plastics um and then basically the rest of the year all the way through in florida literally there's like three baits that you need your run you need some kind of flipping setup you need a chatter bait and you need a swimming run. maybe a floating frog but like that's one of those deals where any day of the year in florida you can catch fish on that that setup yeah when i was in fishing that central regional on gunnersville a few years back just about every boat from Alabama was throwing a speed worm. Yeah. And not talking about it. And, yeah. not, and not just like someone were fishing at shallow, you yeah. know, that weird, like penny wart mat looking stuff, yeah. or whatever that is. Some of them were swimming on flats and other people were slow rolling it like yeah. deep. I mean, they were, it's super versatile. Yeah. Like it's just, and, and it gets bit like, even if they don't eat it, like you can get on a flat and it, dink, dink. And it's like, okay, I know there's freaking 12 inches up here. You know, it, it yeah. tells you a lot about the area that you're in. I think you, you missed it when he kicked the uh, the big hard drive under his desk earlier. Right? That's your st storage. Well, I was crawling under the desk, trying to store myself. Actually, I got swimsuit girl under here. She's keeping me busy and motivated. So I think you said you have a big big hard drive or a big right. 
that's where you keep going. Yeah, if I could show you on the camera, I have yeah. what actually is like 13 terabytes of storage, and that's just in like storage for work, storage for videos, and then in the closet you see right behind me. Um, I, I back in college, you find a lot of computers in the garbage because people would throw stuff out. So I learned a lot about building computers. So I built a little server computer to to run backups and stuff because I'm a hoarder from a video standpoint and for work. I, I need like if I lose content or if I lose files, whether it's documents and stuff, I have a problem because the responsibility is on me. So I actually back everything up. All the stuff I have, I have another bunch of stacks back in there that um, that back things up every night. Yeah, there's your one nerd question, Chad. Back to fishing. Yeah, yeah back um, to fishing. Uh, if you do have more nerd questions, shoot me a message. I, I actually love talking about computer stuff. I, I'm big into tech because tech, if it weren't for the consumer aspect of a lot of these cameras and stuff that, that really turned over in the mid to like 20, 2005 to 2010, all of us guys who are doing this YouTube stuff, doing the video content stuff, we wouldn't be able to do it. Because basically all this high-end Hollywood crap that they were doing, we were able to say, hey, I can make stuff too. And all of a sudden we got access to electronics that were affordable and, and we could do it, dude. So it opened a whole gateway to all this content. Absolutely. AJ wants to know, fat wake bait or longer bait like a red fin? I don't know what a red fin is. Uh, a red fin is like a, I guess it's like a bomber wake bait type thing. It was a, a Ripplin Redfin. I forget. Uh, it's a is that that little square bow, like a balsa bee kind no, of thing? It's, it's, it's like a bomber. It's like a bomber long A. Think of it as a with with some ripples in it. So totally are you more of like a, a I don't fat, throw like a minus one wake bait or more of like a bomber wake bait or neither because you don't throw wake bait. I don't throw either very much. The the shallowest I'll go with a crankbait is usually like two or three foot. And that's usually kind of a, a modified square bill, like that, like that, like a crap BDS or something. Like I'll rip it off of grass pretty much. Um, that's something I do need to learn about those wake bait fishing more. Um, we did it a bit in Florida uh, because it was perfect for some of that real shallow eel grass. Uh, but I think it's something that could play on gutter as well. Cotton Cardell is the Redfin manufacturer. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a good answer for the guy earlier who was looking for a little jerk bait to float up. Have you played around with the Fritz side or the OG Slim at all? Oh, hells yeah. Uh, love them both. Uh, the Fritz side, wax them on Gunnersville. It's probably on its way out. It's had two good years out there um, on the TVA and around here. But that that's a, a solid bait. It seems like a lot of these, these flat-sided baits, I'm, I'm going to play the Millennial. Like I kind of knew it was cool before it was cool. Uh, the Sonic <laughs> side, the, the Mega Bass Sonic side, a way overpriced, but awesome freaking bait um i actually have one right here uh this one's cracked actually though uh, but this is one of the the original flat side baits you can see it's kind of like that skinnier deal with that little kind of squared bill um we fished that like four years ago on chickamauga and messed them up and the front side is very much like that but i think those styles of baits that are less obtrusive especially in colder water, but also it seems like cold water fish are a lot like high pressure fish where you need those more subtle presentations. And that's basically what that, that category that sort of encapsulates those baits. 
Okay. I could care less if she knows how much I spend on fishing gear. It's my money. <laughs> she can. A couple of questions on frog. What's your what's your go to frog? <clears throat> uh, I love me. Uh, well, this is so old school coppers, but it ain't called that anymore. Yeah. I love a live target, dude. Uh, live target. Um, if I want a little bigger profile, JT has me kind of into the um, what is it? The launch frog. Um, that's freaking. But it's a bigger profile. It's a little different style. Um, but that that live target is solid. Um, there's another one. So this blew my mind. I actually two years ago I smashed spotted bass on a floating frog, which was one of the coolest bites I've ever been on. And you're gonna have to help me with this. Jackal makes a downsized profile frog. Is that the, the, the Kara or the Kara? Yes, or? that's it. That's it. The dude, it tears up bad, and you can bend the hooks on it. But boy, oh boy, if you have like. I don't know if smallmouth eat a frog, but if you have smaller mouth fish in clearer water and you need something that will like walk really well, that thing kills it, dude. And I could skip it under these bushes during a herring spawn, skip it under the bushes and like two twitches and let it sit. And I would literally see these spots, dude, in like two feet of water, just come under it and I'd be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'd make one little twitch, thing would go like that and they would go like that. It was, it was awesome. So that's another one. Down on Okeechobee, there's some, some naughty ones you can do. Another jackal one is that, that poppin' frog they make. Uh, the the gavacho. The gavacho. Dude, get some mondo bites. Like, you do miss some fish on it, but it calls them up. And then you got your classics, you know, your spro, like a red frog, like that red-brown one that they got. Um, and the spro poppin' pop frog is a classic that I got as well. Yeah. The the other small the, the Mississippi River smallies they'll they'll eat uh, a frog pretty good. And the, the river I feel like the river smallies got bigger mouths on them than like yeah. the like, but um, as I say like one of my favorite ones that they don't make anymore is this uh, which I feel like is the similar to the copper is like this the evolved nervous walker which is kind of like yeah. a target coppers type yeah. Um, then I like my old True Tungsten Gen 2 Mad Max frogs. Dude, that's a classic. If Bateman's still watching, he'll, he'll, he would want some of these. But otherwise, yeah, other than that, I mean, like, the Booyah Pad Crasher is probably the best for the money. <laughs> Catches them. The Terminators, if you want that bigger profile, are pretty good. I like that color. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Spro's. <laughs> They're you can't beat the spro, dude. Like in all reality, like I, I hate throwing them because everybody throws them, but right, they're tough to beat, dude. And you can find them anywhere. And then I guess the swamp donkeys are pretty good if they ever make them and actually put them where you can buy them. I've never heard of that. The reaction evasions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just like the stupid vixen, dude. Yeah, here's I the tackle. Last freaking vixen. Yeah, the old tackles, which is the same as the. Here's the right there. They are. Same thing. Tekle and Swamp yeah. Donkey are the same thing. You know who actually makes a, a good one, too, is um, Savage Gear. Uh, my buddy Jacob Wall mm. worked with Savage Gear, and like he gave me, I want to say it's like a dual chamber or something like that, but it's got this little pop on it. Like It's not like your, your standard wide popper. It's got just like like a fingertip or like a pinky tip size popper on it so it walks like a freaking floating frog like a normal one but it's got a, just the slightest amount of spit as well as like stop to it and i actually caught them on a headwaters really well 
on that. Now, granted, headwaters they freaking bite, but it, I did. I was a little surprised by the action on it. Like it has a kind of a unique little pop and walk to it, which I'm big into. Um, what the hell is that bait? I'm actually I have one tied on for tomorrow for the herring spawn. The the electric, the gunfish. You know, like that spook sort of popper yeah. sort of fusion. It reminded me a lot of that where you get that walking action, but there's a slight little spit or sort of like drag to it because it's it's pushing water. Since you said gunfish. Dang it. Do you ever have treble hooks tangle? Uh, never. Them and freaking rod guys. Nice. Here's the gunfish. But you said you like the vixens? Oh, dude, don't show I Nah, dude, put it away. I broke one in half on my stupid trolling motor because I'm a clown. And then I had one more, and they were chomping it on headwaters. Like, I think it was two years ago. Like, dude, it was dumb. You know, you know how it gets with that bait. Like, it's like, dong, dong, doosh. Like when yeah. they chew the paint off it, like <laughs> yeah, that's what. Well, that's what mine looked like until this six pounder broke me off a forty pound braid, which I still don't know how that happened. So there's a, there's a freaking six pounder in headwater swimming around with my freaking vixen. I've only Once got again, like, great fish care, nice job, Mike. Talk I've about. Only, I've only got like ten of them in this box. So here's a story. So you know who TK Stanley tackle craft? Yeah. <laughs> I had him on the stream and he showed me he's got under his table he's got a box of unpainted original Vixen clear bodies I bet you if he didn't he had, had like 20 or 30 of them in there really and I was like <laughs> I was down you know JT Kenny right yeah so I was down filming JT because I, I run a bunch of his social media and um, or I shoot a bunch of his content and uh, I hang out with JT, and he's like, hey, you want to see something cool? I'm like, hell yeah, I always want to see something cool. So he pulls out a Vixen, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's a Vixen. He's like, no, 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 no. So I guess Andre gave him one of the first prototype Vixens, mm -hmm. and there's like three of them. So he still has one of the original like three or two freaking prototype Vixens, and he still has it. Like he didn't break it. Dude, I would have lost that like 10 years ago. <clears> but yeah, it's one of the original. It's all beat the piss and what, but it still goes dong dong. You know, like it's still works like it used to. Nice, yeah. That's what people. I was like, oh, have you tried this top one? It's like, no, I, I pretty much. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. I just keep throwing these vixens that I don't. Been pretty fortunate to. I mean, that's the thing is like I throw them on forty or you know forty pound braids. Sometimes I'll put like a twenty pound, you know, ten inch leader on them or something yeah. like that. But it just, it, you know, I mean. They're not loser proof, but they're, I mean, I just don't get like they have, they have a cool action to them. Don't get me wrong, but they, they wash, you know, I mean, they do this dong dong, but mm -hmm. they, they, they kind of, they slosh, I guess it's not right. like this super tight, but dude, the fish eat it up. Like they, they come to it. There's something about it that just, <laughs> he nailed it when he did those, man. Yeah, and supposedly the tackles are the same, and supposedly the new ones are the same. But even the new ones, you can't get. I mean, like, I mean, you can't get anything right now. Yeah, lower units, like, freaking vixens, anything. But let's face it, it was hard to get vixens before COVID, so we're not. Yeah, just, no, that's true. That is true. But, yeah, and the the tackle kick knockers the same, but you can't get those either. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, um, cool. Well, we're uh. Right at about two hours. I don't know. It probably doesn't feel like we talked Bassin for two hours, but we did. Um, I feel like we got through the questions that I saw. 
Um, so glad that you were able to answer a bunch of people's questions. We do a lot of uh, fan interaction here, so that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know what else is going on. You got any exciting things coming up on the channel, Mikey? You know, I'm going to do a walk through the new boat. Um, like I said, once I get kind of totally comfortable with it, um, I have some Florida content. I had to go to Florida for a wedding with a swimsuit girl. And my one condition was if I'm going to a wedding for three days, I'm going fishing for three days. So I went down there and uh, whacked on some postponed bigs. So stay tuned right. for that. Uh, but I got a bunch of videos coming. I, I've been killing it on a Ned. Uh, go figure. Um, and trying to do some different stuff with it. So I got kind of what I would call some sort of interesting takes on mm-hmm. rethinking a Ned uh, coming up. But really, dude, the, the thing that I do with my channel, whether it's good or not, it's really sort of an organic experience of I'm going fishing, I learn something, and I try to share it, which isn't the best thing. I probably should go find good clickbait, high SEO topics and post them, but it's not what I do. So yeah. just stay tuned because as the season changes and as we sort of get in the ledge season and go through the seasons, I try to keep up the content with that and show you what I'm catching fish on, what I'm learning, as well as hanging out with the dog who's snoring. I mean, right I mean, we really know that everybody's there for bog, right? I mean, they are, dude, because I'm not that fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> but, but that's about it, dude. I appreciate anybody who wants to subscribe and check that stuff out. And they'll yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Though. It's been kind of yeah, a fun conversation, dude. Super fun, and I'm excited to uh, later, probably this weekend, to get my first open water tournament video out in the in a in a minute. So it'll be it's kind of fun to like cool. sit down yeah. and actually, you know, edit some some open water content. Knock the dust off of Premiere, dude. <laughs> I'm more of a Da Vinci Resolve guy, but sure. <laughs> cool. So if you guys came in late, I think we had a bunch of good knowledge dropped. We answered a lot of questions. You can go back and catch the replay, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Um, otherwise, you can download the audio version. Just search Hellabass in your favorite podcast app. Um, support the companies that are supporting us. Make sure you go out and uh, check out some of Mikey's content. Check out a few of his videos. See if it's your bag. And uh, and uh, you'll probably find some stuff. He, he's, he's definitely more educational. If you like the vibe here, you'll like the vibe over there. So... I uh, appreciate you coming on, Mikey. Hey, dude, I appreciate it. Let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>